Judah and Matthew are dumpster people, and they occasionally use foul and inappropriate language. Listen at your own risk. Welcome to Brother Date Star Tracks Edition. I'm Matthew. I'm Judah. Also mailbag edition. You guys get it by now. I'm going to have to keep saying it. The mailbag is a near extinct segment. And right now we're lumping it in with the Star Treks. So we'll do that first. But but the main event uh, is a, a appearance by our good friend, Alexander Rojanko. Yeah. It's weird that that's his last name, right? Yeah. No one ever No one ever calls Worf. Lieutenant Roshenko, right? Not even one time. I mean, yeah. really, look into it. It's never happened. And also, he was with his mom early on, and now on her name. Yeah. So, yep. Yeah, yeah. Well, she was Kalar, uh, daughter of Ortar, the first Klingon. I could be. We'll find out this week. I'm, I think they. I think they talk about Kalar for sure. Probably. <laughs> um. Yeah, so what what are we on? Week 121? Week 121. I have named the notes for this week. Little alien boys in wigs. Yeah. Well, we'll figure out why. Uh, Let's jump right into that damn mailbag. Do it. Bye, brother date. On February 27th, Ryan writes... Well, you wouldn't, but you're a lot more considerate than her. I feel like this one's got a shot at the Ryan wins drop, but he should not have bragged. I wouldn't even have bothered. That was a big mistake. I would have taken the risk of not remembering a few days later what he was talking about. I don't think he realizes that we uh, get alerts when someone tweets at us. (laughs) Also, I follow him, so he just shows up in my feed and stuff, so. Because you responded, uh, posting my reply now, so I don't forget, but this must mean we'd actually ask permission to get married on our kidship instead of just showing up like a maniac. Yeah. And then he uh, responded, damn it, next time I'm going to save my tweet as a draft and send it the day before you record your podcast. (laughs) Good Um, idea, because my memory is fucking horrible these days. And probably if he'd waited another 12 to 24 hours, that I would have gone, I don't know what that's about. By the way, I figured that one out. I just wanted to say you've got some AI generated art of Captain Picard. <laughs> that is, it's wonderful what they've done. <laughs> they did him dirty, man. Bing did him dirty. I said, Bing, you're a you're a chatbot now. You're an AI chatbot. Can you show me Captain Picard? And they gave me a busted Captain Picard. <laughs> In a, a busted weird, Starfleet outfit. In a very weird Starfleet uniform with a just absolute nonsense badge. And, yeah. uh, really, it's like a Wesley uniform, sort of, but it's, I mean, it's wild. Everyone should go look at that. Uh, by the time you hear this, he will have changed it, but you know what I mean. Yeah. Is the, uh, do the AIs, are they taught to not exactly replicate something so they don't get a sued or something? I honestly don't know. Because there are Maybe. 5 million pictures of Captain Picard, and you, you, all it would have to do is be like, yeah, that's him. This yeah. guy. 
why'd they put dandruff on his collar on his shoulder there <laughs> it's a good question i thought maybe it was gonna try to make a pip and then it like it changed his mind halfway through and it went ah uh, now that's just uh some he uh he was eating some uh some hummus and uh just a little a couple of drops of it just fell onto his shoulder just a there. little bit of it fell right there right <laughs> on his shoulder there what's weird is um his face is still better than any of the ones from crayon oh yeah but it's definitely melted on one side so uh, also uh they have given him super wide shoulders yeah like look he's how, look uh, at the width of his shoulders he, you know what he does look like a little beefier he's a little beefier yeah. captain picard yeah 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 like maybe he's doing crossfit or something like it's not it's just not quite right also he's got um what appears to be radiation scarring all over his face <laughs> well that's what i'm talking about he's definitely melted on one half this is uh, from an alternate universe where he was at the vineyard when there was that fire that killed his nephew <laughs> and he's got some burns as a result yeah maybe also on the 27th ryan writes at brother date uh maybe the computer can tell what's up and any bodily excretions left behind get analyzed and then beamed out into space or to the ship's sewage plant whatever sure he's spending a lot of this is like now two week two mailbags in a row where he's been trying to answer the question of what happens to the jisms i think yes like whatever happens happens man i don't know the thing that terrifies me about this is analyzed where it's like this is uh this is what was left in here analyzing its jisms like like dr crusher rolls up in picard's uh ready room and she's like um so i guess you were in the holodeck yesterday and you dropped a deuce because i got an automated report from the computer and it says you have colorectal cancer that's right it's not technically programmed to alert me every time someone induces on the holodeck but it is if there is a medical condition there's a it it thinks you have a medical (laughs) issue uh so what were you playing yesterday what yeah, i assume hey. it was dicks and hill but what was it You've robin hood that's an interesting choice and you said so just you just squatted behind a tree so now you go to the holodeck to play robin hood huh oh huh. well so yeah. i guess q awakened right something in you yeah yeah he knew he knew what you really wanted to do huh do you still get mad at it and yell at it that you want a human horse <laughs> an earth horse when it human, off, a human horse is right. a good idea. Human horse would be weird. Yeah, that's yeah, how most of us just call say. those centaurs. That's what I would but... say, and then the computer would fucking sass me. Like, what do you mean a centaur? And then I'd be like, No, I met a horse from Earth. <laughs> Here's your human horse, you absolute child. An Earther horse. Yeah, you know, Terran horse, Terran computer. Two horses, Terran black. It'd just, it'd just give you horses from the mirror universe where their horses are evil. That's right. <laughs> Definitely kick the shit out of you. You go to Dr. Crusher later, you'd be like, I don't know what the fuck happened. All I said was two Terran horses. And you'd be like, oh, as soon as I said it, now that I said it out loud again, oh. now I understand what happened. Yep. It can make yep. evil. The computer's smart enough to make evil horses. Um, well, and then on the 27th, he writes, nah, man, I quit that place. Give him hell. Presumably after our sort of shock about his weird call-in segment where he admitted to a time he was a bully <laughs> yeah, at the uh, docks at the yeah 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 well again the whole point of the segment was him realizing he had been a bully and i thought that was an interesting choice 
here's the time that I did something I regret now. And I do wish more people would give us audio segments like that. Tell us all the things you regret. Um, you know, Matthew, uh, there's a possibility that maybe our mailbag numbers are down because people are leaving Twitter or they're going to Twitter and finding it broken or they're going to Twitter <laughs> and Elon Musk has ordered his tweets to be promoted. So the first thing at the top of their feet is mm. him making fun of someone disabled or something. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, a lot of good stuff going on the, at Twitter. If that's the case, if you are, if our engagement has dropped so perilously because of Twitter. Sure. We have a Mastodon now. <gasps> that's um, that's the one where you get stickers, right? And they give you, they send you stickers in the mail that's based right. on the thing that you t- that you've Mastodon about. What do they call tweets at Mastodon? Toots? Yeah, I think it's toots. Based on what you toot, then they send you a whole but they send you a hundred stickers. Isn't that correct? Yeah. I haven't gotten any yet. I did. Well, we just we just signed week. up. Yeah, yeah. I, but I tooted the last episode, but I didn't get anything cool. No, it's anyway, coming. If you prefer to engage with us on that platform, uh, we are at brother date at ten forward dot social. And who knows? Uh, before long, we may that may be the permanent home, the yeah. the the, own, the primary and permanent home. So we shall see. Sign up and uh, stickers. They coming. Just wait for it. All right. Are you ready to generate some data for Landrew? Yeah, I'm, we're both kind of AI chatbots in that way. Landrew says, Judah and Matthew, show me Captain Picard. I mean, oh, you're fuck. not going to like what you see. Hey, can you ask Bing what how, how I would score? Um, <laughs> Old man. Uh, Tinker Tenor, Dr. Spy, because I don't want to watch it next week. So, yeah. like, I've already- It'd be nice if it could just spit out your entire review. <laughs> It's too late. I've already watched the ones this week, so we're just going to talk about it. But like, sure. if a chatbot could do sort of some of the episodes I'm less excited about as we go forward, like, um, well, what I want to do is how do I get it to read it? How do I get it to read your um, your existing notes? I want to feed it your existing ah, notes, yeah, 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 and yeah, that yeah. would be you a know, good thing. They are thing all to do. on a Google Drive. I could share that with you. All right, uh, maybe there's a way. Yeah. Say so read all of this, and then. Do this, but for this episode of Star Trek Voyager. Do my book report. Because mm-hmm. we know I, they're out there doing that. Everyone's complaining about it, which means it probably happened three or four times. So yeah, I'm not excited to do Man of the People. So could you do my Oof. book report? <laughs> I'm like, I'm not really looking forward to True Q. So how about you do that one for me? Or, um, you know. How about the well, how about take me out to the hollow suite? Can you yeah, I, I'm you, not interested in this. <laughs> please deliver a review in my personal style <laughs> of that. But we don't have the chat bot this week, so yeah. we're just gonna have to do it the old fashioned way. Um uh, last place last week was TNG. <laughs> they are I, I just after this episode, I did wonder whether they were attempting to finish last place again. <laughs> Um, so this week we're going to start with Imaginary Friend. Huh. 
audio didn't really come through for me. Maybe it'll come through on your end. Ah, uh, yeah. You know what? I didn't turn on original audio in Zoom, so let's hope we don't have to use the Zoom backup this week. Okay, good. All right. I was like, well, that sounded like uh, I got like every eighth note in there. So I'll fix that now. If um, <laughs> if we do need, uh, if we, we never have to, to use that, uh, we never I'll, have, and we never will. I'll send you that, that that clip of. I mean, really, kind of the the product of thirty years of playing the guitar. <laughs> uh, so it would have been about it's about twenty five years when I. When I when I did that, that's so. right. Yeah, don't sell yourself short. No, it's not. We've been doing this thing for fucking can make years. It sound that nasty with that's an right. actual instrument. Uh, well, what I can do it. Uh, last week when you were playing one of them, whoever was last place last week and got a bad theme. Um, well, I did say, I did say out loud, Jimi Hendrix, because <laughs> I thought maybe it was <laughs> Jimi Hendrix. Okay. <clears throat> We open on Counselor Troy having a tea party with a little girl while her dad sits in the back just clenching his fist like, how is this going to fuck up my career? Yeah. The girl is Clara Sutter, and she has an imaginary friend, Isabella. She runs off to be Keiko's helper in the Arboretum for the day. And then Troy and her dad get down to brass tacks. Uh, uh, You mean Clara Sutter Sr., I assume. Uh, he he does not have a he does not have a name, but in the script, in one version of the script, it was Bill, and in one version, it was Daniel. I haven't decided what I'm going to wow. go when I name a ship after him because <laughs> you noticed that you hadn't named one after that guy yet. And I do when not. You dug I in, not, you realized yeah. it was because they didn't give him a first name. But uh, I thought maybe worry, it was Clara a Harry Junior one too. So, well, maybe it was a Harry Junior situation. I could be. It could be. Yeah. Um, this guy keeps getting reassigned, and his daughter doesn't have any real friends. And so that's why Troy thinks she's got this imaginary friend. And she's um, she's not too worried about it. Unlike uh, all children that you know in real life who don't and never have had an imaginary friend, in TV it's extremely common and nothing to worry about. Well, that actually fits in with Star Trek, where when you have a hallucination, it just means you're a little stressed out. I mean, yeah, for sure. Well, I may have to yell at a character later for... Yep having a hallucination and then talking to Harry Kim about it in engineering instead of going to the fucking <laughs> doctor. Harry Kim, who is less patient than normal. No. <laughs> uh, now we get a captain's log. This episode didn't start with one. Yeah. Uh, the Enterprise is at a nebula around a neutron star to do some science. And as Picard tells us this, a fucking nasty space moat sneaks right in and mm. follows Geordi and Data for a walk and talk. And then it peeps in on Crusher, and she's making Nurse Ogawa tell her about her date, even though, as always, Alyssa Ogawa seems pretty nervous. Yep. Uh, she's probably also thinking, how is this going to affect my career? Yep, there are a lot of... Everyone in this episode who's not one of the main cast has yep. definitely got that thought. Well, finally, uh, finally, this uh, weird space firefly or whatever rolls into the Arboretum, where... Uh, Clara is planting seeds in what is pretty obviously busy work because this is it's not this is not ever going to be a flower garden. <laughs> no, nope. that's the thing is it's astroturf, so I don't know. <laughs> uh, I don't know what's going to happen. Uh, the orange light goes in and out of her head, and then it becomes Isabella. Uh, it doesn't show up and say it's me, Ian Andrew. No, it's didn't not. you recognize my brilliant 
uh, fucking existence when I flashed in front of your face or whatever? It's not Ian Andrew, and it's not the space glitter that broke in during Cost of Living. It's okay. this is a different, different one. Moat of light. That Why are they um, right through the ship? Yeah, they have to in past tense now work on work on these graphics. Every alien can't just be a little shiny light, you know. <laughs> yep. Can they get to work on that in the past? That'd be and helpful. also a shiny light that nobody notices. Yeah, but no one ever sees these fucking things. They just like, fly no through the shroud. Extra saw that fucking orange light following Jordy and, and Data just around. screamed red alert. And just yeah, I mean that's intruder, just intruder alert right away, right? <laughs> like what's gonna happen? What's the worst case scenario? Data's like, oh, this is like a little microscopic drone that I built, and the orange light is just so I don't eat it accidentally. It just <laughs> follows me around. And then in the next scene, he's having to explain to somebody war for someone that he feels bad that he screamed red alert. But like, you know, he's seen these fucking things before. And <laughs> like, hey, man, can't be too careful. This ship still has no nitrium in it. It is brittle. It makes <laughs> it creaks now when the ship turns in a way that it didn't used to. And is that safe? My quarters are right at the outside of the ship. Am I just going to be sucked out into space in the middle of the night? And you know, the nitrium. only reason. You know, the only reason we're checking out this stellar phenomena or whatever is because uh, it was the only thing within thruster range, because that's as fast <laughs> as we can go. Well, Isabella is immediately a bad influence. Uh, she is bored with planting seeds uh, on seed one, and she forces Clara to take her on a tour of the ship, including the battle bridge and... Uh, <laughs> torpedo chip what would what did the yeah. little turds want to see <laughs> it's great because it went through clara's head and i think it's the only reason it knows about any of this shit and thinks yeah. it's exciting yeah. so clearly this is the stuff that clara wants to see but she has to pretend yeah I, I, it's wrong to to go there though down in engineering data uh does a sick roast of Jordy and ensign sutter real mm. cold stuff about how he prefers the current number of the nebula to either of the Mm. eponymous names they want to give it yeah uh when they suddenly get shaken around like they hit something but there's nothing on the sensors and also the ship is slowing down oh man it's those 2d fuckers again (laughs) it's i mean no one mentioned it but yeah i would have been like all right so what can we scan for two-dimensional life forms (laughs) we've done this we did this one yeah are they attracted to a quantum filament or something (laughs) Every episode, the B plot, the the science B plot is just a rehash of five other TNG episodes. Um, uh, to make matters worse, Clara is suddenly underfoot in engineering because of Isabella, and Jordy's not particularly cool about it. He keeps giving uh, Anson Sutter dirty looks, mm. and of course. Clara is there because of Isabella, but Isabella is hiding from the adults, so they don't see her. She's not there anymore. She's invisible. Yeah, she sometimes is able to do that, and other times, I guess, doesn't think of it. (laughs) You know? Uh, Well, Isabella disappears into a wall, and that fixes the ship's speed issue somehow, Um, but we get music that tells us that that's sinister, that she's not, like, helping out. No. um, You know. By the way, how would it have hurt us to wonder? I, exactly. I just wonder why they really needed to hammer that home. No, no, no. She's still evil, though. Don't worry about it. Yeah, no. They could have let us uh, think, oh, all right, she might not be that bad. She uh, she fixed the ship. Yeah. Um, Picard holds a very limited conference on the matter. He only invites Riker, Jordy, and Data. Hmm. 
and they decide to stick around and see if it happens again and try and get some science done. Every time they come into one of these neighborhoods to do some fucking science, something goes wrong. Yeah, like it's, the uh, best that's... one they ever had was when they spent weeks in that one cluster, but then Data made contact and broke the Prime Directive. It was a whole fucking thing. <laughs> that's true. They almost got through that one. They were yeah, close. They got, like, they got, you know, as close as the Enterprise has ever gotten to completing a scientific survey that time. Yep, survey of stellar phenomena. That is the that's their version of caves. You know, like Voyager and caves. Well, it's one of Picard's goals for this quarter to get some fucking science done. So they're gonna hang around and see. You know, maybe maybe that maybe they won't hit nothing again. You know, yeah. hopefully they don't fall into a fucking pocket of null space or whatever. Couldn't happen twice. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and also. Um, you know, since Worf and Beverly are both uh, not invited to this conference, it's hard to tell whether Picard's making the right decision or not. Like, yeah, that's true. Instead <laughs> of the usual, he's neither overriding their concerns nor going along with one of them. So we just don't have any idea what the fuck. Also, uh, I'd like to know if Worf has a Klingon superstition that might fit oh, yeah. the facts, so that yeah, Picard maybe... could ask him about it and then tell him he's a fucking moron. Yeah, maybe Picard could trick him into talking about. Hey, you got any uh, like weird Klingon stuff that might match this? You fucking idiot. Worf was already fucking starting to put in transfer requests at that point, but he was having he had a hard time. It took him a couple years to get over to Deep Space Nine because uh, I mean, I guess well, four, four unfortunately, he had to wait for the ship to crash. He had to wait for the ship to crash, but also, you know, Picard put that letter of reprimand in his file for uh, yeah, no one wanted him after the assassination. Him, so yeah, yeah. Uh, man. Uh, Clara wants to know why Isabella is so serious lately, and and then this creepy little girl who, and this is not her fault, but she looks facially a little bit like Macaulay Culkin. Thank you for uh, stealing my notes, you piece <laughs> of shit. I'm going to bing you so hard. I don't know what bing's going to do to you, but it's going to be creative for sure. That's its whole thing now. I have here in my quick hitters, Isabella stands like a tool. Just with arms dangling down at her side. Also, she looks like Macaulay Culkin in a wig. Yep, yep. Well, like I said, not her fault. Um, not <laughs> what about the part where she stands Macaulay like a Culkin. tool? Is that her fault? I, I mean, honestly, did this episode come out? All right, hold on. We're going <laughs> to take a little pause here. This is Nine Deuce, right? Are we in Nine Home Deuce? Alone release date. Oh, yeah. Okay, Home, Home Alone's 1990, so yeah. Yeah. We so knew him. Is, her facial similarity to Macaulay Culkin probably helped her in the casting. I would think. She looks like someone. I can't tell, but I think she's going to be great. I don't know, man. She looks like she could be one of them kids in movies. Yeah. Well, what this creepy little girl does here when Clara says, why are you, why, why are you so serious now you used to smile as she touches her mouth and like mm. kind of forces a smile. It's very effective. Yeah, and uh... If the effect is that we should all know that she's a monster, but Claire can't know somehow. <laughs> Claire definitely should have said that she wasn't having fun anymore and it's wanted to go home. Yes, it's creepy in exactly the way a clown is creepy, so I don't know why Clara was cool with it, but yeah. she has no friends, and that might be the problem. Yep. Like, what's her What's her alternative? Is she going to be alone again? She hasn't even been introduced to Alexander yet, so I don't know if she's going to school or what. Hey, you know what? I'm going to go home, and I'm going to... Uh... Honestly, me and the stuffed animals, I gotta catch up. It's been a while, so why don't, yeah, why don't you go hang out no, uh, we'll, over there? We'll have a tea party later, uh, but you know, it takes a long time to make that tea, so... Hey, I'll tell you what, though, you keep working on that smile, it's going really good. Okay, <laughs> thank you, bye. I'm Clara. 
<laughs> they were out. Uh, they run smack dab into Worf, who sends them home, and then thinks to himself, I'm fucking great with kids. <laughs> but they lied to him and they keep he does give himself around. a super satisfied yeah, yeah 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 it's um i've got him as a small touch for sure um yeah. you know exactly what that idiot's thinking yep uh they keep on sneaking around restricted areas uh sutter at this point i guess he has done a leah brahms on jordy because he brings up information about jordy's life that we don't know mm. which is that he had two parents in starfleet and Jordy's like, yeah, I was, I was like moving around between my mom and my dad's ships all the time. And, um, I don't know. Didn't hurt me at all. Yeah. I can't, I don't know how to ask women out and I don't have any friends except the robot. People just want to shoot me. I mean, I think Riker's my friend, but lately I've noticed a weird pattern in his behavior <laughs> where he'll like walk with me to a place, but yeah. then he... Not only does he try to leave, but he usually tries to take uh, any woman that he's with with him. That's right. Like, oh, my God. Am I a missing stare? <laughs> is Riker getting those women out of there for their safety? Well, I got a lot to think about. Thank you, uh, Clara Sutter anyway, Sr. You've really uh, she'll helped be me. Fine. She's a fucking kid. Who cares? Kids are resilient. Yep. Um, Clara, at this point, shows up uh, in 10 Forward, uh, where Guinan gives her a pre-made drink from under the bar. <laughs> someone else wants to order that yeah and, but they didn't and then left and they talk about imaginary friends the guy and had one it was either a tarkasian or a tarkesian razor beast depends on which scene yes um uh troy comes to get her i don't know if guy pushed a fucking like there's a child alarm a silent child alarm under the bar when she was getting that drink yeah, no, she'd flash to look at Ben or something. Something happened, yeah. We haven't met Ben yet, but he's coming. I assume he's, he's been working there for a while. He's at the poker yeah. games and all that shit. He's been around. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or maybe Riker wanted to have a black friend. But not Jordy. Well, <laughs> but you specifically know, like a, not Jordy. Like a real one. Yeah, a real friend, not a work not friend. Like, not Jordy. Not a guy from the hood who's always talking about what it was like on the hood. You're like, <laughs> I, didn't, I wasn't even paying. <laughs> I don't have no memories of the hood. No, I was not paying attention. Don't care. I'm glad you had a great time on the hood. I was uh, I was trying to be a starship captain at the time. I know that things have uh, gone sideways a little bit on that, but I don't have any memories of the hood. What was it even like? <laughs> oh, uh, Troy shows up to get her, takes her for a walk, but gets totally pwned by talking to the wrong empty spot in the turbo lift to in order to try to convince Isabella to stop being such a little shit. Troy, also less patient than usual when she corrects yeah. her. <laughs> it's also what's weird about this scene is, does Clara really think Isabella is over there now? Like, now that yeah. Isabella is real, is she still also doing normal imaginary friend stuff about her? Hard to say whether she somehow knows where she is, even when she's invisible, now that or, she's real, or if that was just a fuck you, Counselor or, Troy. Yeah, Check this just, one out. Uh, is it just one thing that she's learned moving from starship to starship, all of which have been worse than the enterprise Yeah, uh, is how to put uh, condescending women in their place. <laughs> yeah. There's probably, uh, we don't know if she has a mother, if her mom died at wolf three, five, nine or whatever the fuck. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So there might be a lot of uh, surrogate mother figures on these ships that she has to put in her place. And I was going to say, thank God, well, 
maybe it would be a mixed bag. Maybe it's a pro and a con if uh, DS9 ends up as uh, Sutter's commander of the station and Clara is Jake. Because I think Clara is a better actor than Ciroc Lofton, but that guy, that guy Sutter was uh, not great. Wouldn't be as good as Ben Sisko. That's all I'm saying. Oh, so now I'm imagining a world in which they'd Nick Locarnoder and cast this actress to be Cisco's daughter. Mm. And it's like, that doesn't matter. If anyone's confused about why she's white, you just have Jennifer be white. Yeah, just make Jennifer a white lady. It don't matter. The, the lady I they picked was the worst actress Trek on the planet. Interracial dating panic <sighs> way later than the rest of the world. Which, uh, <laughs> yep. I mean, like forever. Uh, we got a casting call out for uh, Tuvok's wife. It says uh, uh, Black Vulcan. <laughs> Black, but, you know, smart. That's, That's it. That'll play, right? Couldn't we open the casting up uh, just a little bit? Like, uh, you know, couldn't I just say Vulcan? No, no, no. People uh, are going to be confused. I said Tuvok, remember? It's Tuvok's yeah. wife. So, Well... Isabella, in their next conversation, tries to emotionally blackmail Clara into going back to engineering. But at this point, Troy shows up again uh, to take her to a ceramics class. And uh, Clara decides she would rather go with Troy. Yes, please. Yes, I'll go with you. No, Isabella. Uh, so <laughs> after after that happens... Isabella reappears in the empty room for our sake so we can see her eyes turn red. Yeah, that's her trick. She's not, she's not appearing for it. There's no one else there. She had disappeared when Troy walked in, but whoops, we get to see. That's that her trick that eyes. we'll get to see a few times, and it's not great. It's a lot of post-production nonsense. Well, Picard's gamble didn't pay off. The Enterprise hit a second invisible object, and it started <laughs> losing speed again. It's embarrassing because he said that thing about how it couldn't happen twice. That's yeah. the part that really sucks. Yeah, and you know what? Like, maybe he's happy that only Riker and Data and Jordy saw it, and Riker's going to keep his mouth shut because he's a team player, and sure. Jordy is going to keep his mouth shut. Well, I don't know why Jordy would. Well, you know, he's... Uh... He's semi-career-minded. I guess, but, like, he's kind of been... He was doing pretty good. He was getting a lot of the uh, calls to take the helm in Season 1. And now oh, yeah, then they shuffled him. Way up in this technical path. Yeah, they shuffled him off to the fucking Star Drive section. Ugh. And, like, we do learn in Voyager that he... A, uh, it does eventually get a hand on the ball again and command of a Galaxy-class ship, which is pretty good. Yeah. He no, could yeah. have been ferrying admirals around, so I guess it works out. So maybe he's making a career decision here, and Data, you know, Data's not going to make a power play. Yeah. Data could just take over the ship. I mean, it's not the episode power play, so he's not going to do that. Exactly. Basically. Yeah. Um, Picard sends Riker to... Picard calls Riker, who is somewhere in the ship, and asks him to go to engineering to talk to Geordi about the results of some matter sample testing that we hadn't heard about. I guess he didn't want to call Jordy and ask. No, it's, it's uh, an old trick where there's a task you don't want to do and you just assume it's someone else's job until they tell you otherwise. Yeah. You yeah. Just go, so you're going to handle that thing, right? And they go, uh, I mean, I can. And you go, okay, cool. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> well, sure enough, Jordy did find some plasma strands that are only visible when subjected to high-frequency warp fields. So now... Um, they're gonna blast those, those warp fields up. out, 
through the deflector to light up the nebula and see what's out there. See that fucking spider web out there. While they're getting ready to do that, Troy takes Claire to Ceramics, where she meets Alexander and yes. starts making a Klingon cup because he's making one. And she doesn't have friends or know how they work, and she doesn't know what kind of cup her dad wants. So <laughs> no. he's giving her the key piece of advice, which is you got to line them up in a row, the spike. <laughs> Even though when you look at it, he's already messed that his part are not, up. <laughs> his aren't that great. It doesn't matter. This is all he's this is a long con. He's pretending he's been there for two weeks making that cup. Uh-huh, he's really uh-huh. casing the joint for sure. Uh, by the way, the next time we cut back there, she is significantly progressed in her cup making. Yeah, so ain't gonna take her a, two weeks. Either she's a lot better at ceramics making than Alexander is, maybe because she's five years older than him. Could or, be. or you're right. He's he's a little liar and he's running some kind of scheme. Yeah, he's like, Oh, I don't know about these cups are pretty tough, teacher. You better can you show me again how to, how to put the my thumbs into it and make it a cup? Uh, I thought I got it right, but I think I messed it up again. And then he's just fucking looking around like, I'm going to steal that. I'm going to steal that. I'm going <laughs> to steal that and lie about it. I'm going to steal that. Uh, no, thank you for showing me. I think I got it this time, though. I'm going to work real hard on it. You know what keeps going missing is those fucking sticks with the weird loops on the end that you use to like cut a little bit of clay, just to scrape a little. I didn't take ceramic. I don't even know why someone would steal those. That doesn't yeah, even make they're sense. Not, they're they're not worth anything, even if you had to buy them with money. He's just fucking sitting in a Jeffrey's tube, fucking throwing them all over his head, going, "Oh yeah, this is the he stuff." Does. He has a weird little hoard like Andy's boobs for sure. <laughs> um, well, anyway, he tells her how to make the cut the main cut part out of a ball and then uh she's, they start working on that yeah. uh the warp fields light up the nebula and it's full of these fucking plasma strands it's like um like when you get one of those uh weird woven plastic uh you know like it maybe it comes a screen over a screen or a piece of glass or something that got shipped to you and you pull it a little bit sure and it stretches out real thin that's what this thing looks like but red yeah, it's, uh, the problem is this isn't a visual podcast, so you do need to describe it very yeah. good. Yep, yeah, yep, yeah, yep, yeah. and I didn't. That's fine. <laughs> That's know, on me. You know what? If they didn't watch the episode, then they are making a decision that I will never understand. Well, they start trying to make their way out of them. It's there's too much of this shit. It's real dense in front of them, and they're they're not going to get any deeper. So science is canceled as usual, and they start making their way back out. But you know. They, at least they get to report about this cool stuff. They finish science some missions. Some shitty birth and to follow up on it. Nah, I think I'll go missing. They uh they finish science missions at the same rate we finish Gold Hoarder Vaults. I think <laughs> it's just you, you spend all night there and you're just tantalizingly close to finishing, but you never <laughs> actually do. That's a Sea of Thieves reference, everybody. Ryan will get it. Uh, Troy goes to sit down in her office and look over next week's schedule, and she's pretty pleased with herself. And um, but then she starts getting invisible pranked by Isabella. She's like knocking over her hot chocolate, and then like knocking over the empty cup that the hot chocolate was in when Troy's not looking. <laughs> um, it's true that it's like when she zipped through Clara's head, she got Clara's idea of good pranks. Too. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Uh, at least you didn't get Winston Bishop's idea of good prank. She doesn't hit Troy in the neck with a ski. No, that so. is a good prank, though. Uh, but uh, and also, luckily, she doesn't try this shit on uh, Beverly Crusher, who would have had a fucking tricorder out in one second. All right, and well, also would have called Picard and demanded to know what he's going to do about this knocked over cup. Get the fuck out of me. You're fucking up my whole. Th- I'm not have anything <laughs> to say. I'll have no notes. 
Here's what I say. When Troy's cup gets knocked over, she just cleans it up like a chump. Beverly would have had Picard running a shipwide search for cup tippers. <laughs> Fuck. Look, it's true. I don't know what to say. <laughs> she literally looks at it like, oh, that's weird. And then she goes, oh, well. She goes and gets a non-absorbent towel and then comes back to fucking clean it up. Um, I guess one side's better than the other. Yeah, she 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 just brushes all that hot chocolate onto the carpet because we've seen the state of future carpets and they're as bad as present carpets. Yep. So, um, but then Isabella dials it up to a fucking million by knocking a bunch of clay over onto Alexander's cup and then throwing a wad of clay at his beautiful <laughs> hair. Uh, in a, in a terrible episode, one of my favorite scenes in Star Trek. Somebody pelting that little fucker right in the back of the head. My assumption is that they didn't tell Brian Bonsall they were going to do that. And some PA winged a bunch of clay at his head. And when he turned around with that shocked look on his face, that was real. And then they made him do another take later where he shouts Clara about it. Yeah, right. Exactly. Yeah. Because um, that's perfect. Uh, honestly, it's a tough day for Alexander. And I wonder if he ever gets an explanation for what happened from Worf. Like, they nobody got to explain to some kid what the fuck happened. <laughs> on this Worf ship? ever thinks to tell him. Oh, yeah. Like, if Randy never gets an explanation, Alexander is not going to get an explanation. <laughs> Do you think anyone ever told Troy who knocked over her chocolate? She doesn't care. She doesn't even care. She didn't care in the moment and she doesn't care later. And by the way, Randy sees all this shit going on today. Oh, yeah. Randy saw all of it. He saw the little girl in the blue dress. He saw fucking uh, he saw the glowing thing as it flew by and he went, oh, no, 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 not one of these again. He saw yeah. all that shit. Well, now Clara's fun is ruined. She's not making friends today. She runs off to the Arboretum. Isabella shows up and uh, tells her when the others come, you can die along with everyone else. Yeah, it's pretty dark. Uh, that's not good news. That's not what she wants to hear. Um, well, they've gotten pretty. They've gotten pretty close to the edge of the nebula. They're only twelve minutes away, but now the ship is slowing down again. That's really the peril that keeps happening. Is the ship just goes a little slower? Yeah. Um, I guess Troy's done looking at her schedule and maybe she wants to go somewhere where drinks don't fall over because she rolls into 10 forward now to talk to Guinan about imaginary friends and whether it's right to ask Claire to give hers up. But um, this is interrupted by Ensign Sutter calling her because Clara is freaked out now because a little girl just told her she was going to die with everyone else. Yeah. Troy goes to her quarters and promises her that Isabella isn't real and can't hurt her and um, doesn't listen when Clara says, no, she's real now. It's different. Mm -hmm. But, you know, she does condescend to her a bunch by taking her into her bedroom to look under her bed for monsters. And uh, it's the she... same routine Neelix does with the Wildman baby. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, you know, before he walks out into the well-lit room with the door open and goes, I don't know how I'm going to tell this girl about her fucking probably dead mom. She walks into the bathroom and looks over at us. And well, and I was thinking at that scene, is the camera at the toilet? <laughs> like if the toilet is not just the biggest drawer right. in the vanity. Is that is that where we are now? Are we getting toilets eye view on Troy checking out for monsters here? Yeah, I think so. Is that the same view we get after the little girl laser arms her? <laughs> no, it's just that's it happens in another room. Okay. Um, no, so yeah, uh, 
as you said, Troy looks in her closet, and then when she turns around from her closet, whoops, Isabella's there, and she shoots her with laser hands for sure. Yeah. Uh, Troy wakes up in sickbay and tells Picard what she saw, and he calls Worf, who thankfully knows exactly what Isabella looks like. Like, I guess he filed that incident away, despite how smug he was. Yeah, well, that was the time I was talking about she did not... Uh, think ahead to turn invisible yeah. she just fucking r- rolled right into him so yeah he yeah. he had seen her um uh strand density in the nebula is way up because you know these things have to come to a head at the same time enterprise has to come to a dead stop now another one of these space fireflies starts trying to get through the shields but they notice this one yeah uh and then three more show up they're draining the shields uh or according to Riker, they're feeding on the shields just depends yeah <laughs> maybe like eight minutes from now shields are going to go down so picard takes clara to the arboretum and he goads isabella into showing herself gorgon style <laughs> he does say show herself gorgon he starts with he that just, he starts i mean isabella he gives her a big speech about how kids need protecting until they can make decisions for themselves and he tells her to watch the bonding yeah, that's an interesting thing to say. Because yeah. what weird. is that in Why universe? Why does he think of it that way? Yeah, what is the bond? What, what is the alien goes, what do you mean? Hold on, wait. I was going to do some threats, but hold, what does that mean? Watch the bonding. Yeah. Can you explain and, uh, more? Uh, maybe parenting seems unfair sometimes, but it's the only way <laughs> they know how to do it. And um... Well, this is because the alien's entire, what it <laughs> seems most angry about uh, anything in the universe is that human children are not treated well. Yep. Even though it was just threatening that kid with death. Yeah. Very odd. So, yeah. So Picard says, look, man, this is just how we do it. And this is how it's part <laughs> of our life cycle. And um, that's it. He has it's to over. explain time to them and everything. It's about what, you know, because it's corporeal. Yeah, 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 yeah. He has to go through the whole thing. Yeah, I mean, that's it. That that speech ends the entire thing. Picard walks triumphantly back on the bridge and then orders Jordy to shoot the nebula full of tasty energy for the aliens for one hour and no more. And then Isabella <laughs> then comes and apologizes to, to Clara for frightening her. The end. Yeah. Uh, yeah, and then Clara says, come back in 300 years. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, basically, right? <laughs> so, yep. Matt, mm. what is this one about? All right. Being a kid is weird, huh? Right? Uh-huh. I mean, anything else this episode is fucking about? Uh, being a kid is weird. They don't know or understand anything, and everyone tells them what to do when shit sucks, and it isn't fair. But normally you don't have to get death threats from little alien boys in wigs. Yeah. They gave it a two. Yeah. Um. Yeah, you know, I wrote, um, stop complaining about things being unfair. You dumb kids don't know nothing. That's why you're kids. <laughs> it's weird to make an argue, uh, an episode about something no one disagrees with. Just kids, maybe. <laughs> yeah. It's like, there might have been a really irate eight-year-old watching that episode going, like, they just don't get it. They don't fucking get it. Oh, nice. So just put up with it, huh? Yeah, but I want to play Sonic. Do you understand? 10, like, how can you not get years, this? I got to just put up with it. I'm eight now. <laughs> yeah, it's a long ten time. years is to me? You know, if this show's right, I got to learn calculus soon. <laughs> I'm stressed out. Nobody's mentioned it. I'm doing fractions. Yeah, they're going to fucking spring it on me. It's just in the yeah, right. I'm going to finish I'm going to finish this fractions unit and they're going to be like, "Great. 
you're ready for some diffy q and i'm gonna be like no i am not <laughs> um so like it's not about nothing but it really isn't a take like there's literally no disagreement with this yeah it, is the message that we should make more time to make sure children understand why there are rules but clara knows why the rules are there clara and the Isabella whole time is trying to follow them. two days old yeah exactly um so it or just... if she wasn't clara's weird id or something it's so <laughs> hard to figure out what happened yes that. it is it's it's very difficult because up until she says that thing about when the others come you could die with all the rest <laughs> it really is like she could just be a part of clara that got yeah. split but that does make it seem like she has agency and maybe she wanted to see engineering on for, for her own reasons, which maybe have to do with the great source of energy from their graviton generators. Yeah, she's also a scout. She's a scout and wants to play. Yeah. Uh, so I'm not no taking it, but I couldn't give it any points for a take. It's a zero. OK. All right. So I she mean, just can't make an episode that everyone agrees with in the whole world. Yeah, you're not wrong. <laughs> it's just not about anything then. <laughs> Well, I mean, at least they don't have the automatic zero on execution, but I get the no. feeling they're going to come pretty close anyway. Yeah. Um, okay, they do a couple of things here, for sure. Um, very good use of nebula lighting. Yeah. Like like when they're in 10 forward or whatever. Yeah, Picard or somebody knows to turn the lights down in the observation lounge so that it's uh, you just get all that red nebula lighting while they're having that talk um, yeah. in 10 forward too. Uh, Guinan's in this episode. That's yeah, good. it's been a while, man. She just yeah, shows up out of nowhere. She doesn't um she's not really instrumental in this episode because they only found out like two days in advance that she'd be available. So that's why she doesn't really have anything to say except I had an imaginary friend and she has to say that twice. But fucking weird that she's still the best actor on the show. You know, given, she's there. So given how little they gave her to do and how little prep she had, she still was the best actor. Um, the mood is creepy, like it should be. Sure. Um, that's mostly music, but mainly this is pretty bad. Uh, Picard gives a small, very small, very wet speech at the end that completely resolves the situation. When they could have had the she's real reveal much earlier and spent some actual time convincing her that they're not being cruel, you know, show Isabella the cargo bay and explain how the blue barrels fold up and almost kill people. <laughs> All the time. It's just talk, constant. Talk about the hundreds of people harmed by exploding panels and coolant leaks in engineering. Mm -hmm. Explain that 10 forward is a place Riker goes to kiss Data's daughter. Stop it. So Stop. On. Stop it. Stop it. All the, 10 no, forward just... is adults only, man. Reading from my notes. Shit gets crazy in there. Bar fights and nasty miners and robots and phasers and power play O'Brien and Bandai Syndrome and leaky glasses and naked <laughs> weddings and two Rikers and all kinds of shit. No kids. Yeah, exactly. Like they could explain to her how all that works, etc. Yeah. But they don't do any of that. So this episode is exactly as good as you think the child acting in it is. Like Picard's speech turns on whether you think Isabella has the gravitas to be menacing and the self-righteousness to accuse them of cruelty. I do not, unfortunately. <laughs> and um, also none of the talk about the value of imaginary friends and whether it's heartless to force Clara to grow up pays off or means anything. That's why it's not the take, you know? That's yeah. why the take it wasn't, um, you know, when is it time to grow up or, you know, what is it? I don't know, anything surrounding that because that's not what it's about. Like if Clara convinced Isabella that the rules were there for a reason 
maybe there could that could be you know she's growing up now and she doesn't need an imaginary friend mm-hmm. but maybe it's sad because she also doesn't want to have tea parties anymore but it's not that it's not that episode yeah so they fumbled it and i'm giving them two points yep i also gave it a two in execution uh aliens are always bullying you into taking drugs and listening to rap music <laughs> for sure Imagine Seriously? if it's Klingons. God damn. <laughs> I, would, I would piss off certain members of the Enterprise crew for sure. Um, why is Isabella such a C-word the minute she shows up? She just sucks on Maine. And also, no matter how hard you zoom in on this kid, no matter how much you dress her like one of the twins from The Shining, and no matter how shitty your red eye graphics effects are, I'm not going to get scared. No, it just doesn't work like that. I'm not scared of the little kid. No, I don't know what to do. I would like to be scared of the little kid, but I'm not. For one thing, she's threatening a character that we've never seen before and will never see again. So it's fucking obvious this kid is a one off. Despite the whole episode being about her comes and haunts Picard because, you know, he's not good with children. And this is also, hey, why not make this Alexander? I mean, you know why, but like. You have a kid on yes. the show. He's and familiar you... with the makeup and the cast mm-hmm. and the way the the show is shot. Like and you didn't four or five of these fucking things. And by the way, he's not bad. You didn't make it about Alexander. No. You made yeah. up a brand new kid. Yeah. Alexander's got too much shit. You're like, oh, we're not going to do that to him. Like, were they really like, people are going to be like, he's never had an imaginary friend before. Like but this little liar does shit all the time. That's right. Maybe the imaginary friend kept telling him to steal shit. I don't know. But like, think all the shit Troy would have to say about his extremely traumatic childhood. <laughs> For sure. You know, I, I don't or, understand. Or if his mother was murdered and you made him look at the corpse. <laughs> and said, always remember. And he does. He does remember it, Worf. I read his dream journals. <laughs> I read his dream journals. And by the way, I can uh, pick up on feelings. And, <laughs> yeah, oh, uh, uh, when I talk about his mom, there's some stuff that happens. I know it's not going to come up this week, and I'm not going to ever sense or notice that there's an alien <laughs> presence on board. But I, but that kid, I'm dialed in on. So it's weird. It's a weird thing that they did. Or like, nah, brand new kid. The well, kid's going to get gotta, 16 pages of dialogue. New kid. Or if I got a letter last week from my mom, and she asked if Alexander had seen his mom die. <laughs> I don't think they talked about it. I think she guessed. Yeah, she she took that out of his brain, I think took that shit right out of his head she's only had one kid that i know of and she could tell (laughs) that i know of it's important uh yeah it's a two i don't know i i don't understand any of why this is like peak filler season i guess because jesus this is part of how voyager got its win last week right is it the second episode of season six versus episode like 23 to 25 they are trying to finish out this season and they don't have enough scripts and they're just doing anything they can they are digging around behind filing cabinets for little blue cards with story ideas when they got started on this season they they broke right that writer's room broke with like 16 stories and they have been like way behind on trying to get those other ones they keep saying, no, no, we'll get to it. We'll get to it. And now it's that week and they got to come up with a script right now. Um, world building. Yeah. Uh, nebulae around neutron stars. It's exciting stuff. They got aliens that live in there and the aliens want to learn about humanity and take over they- little kids. I don't know. I'm, 
We've seen this shit a million times. Even this glowing light. We talked about it earlier. This just it's. I... We agree though that that alien entity had no interest in going into Data LaForge Ogallis pressure, no. right? No, 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 no. It's like got bad vibes from all of them. It's <laughs> Ogallis just got stressed. Yeah, yeah no, the I, little I, light went. Ooh, I don't like anything about what's happening. I can't handle. Room. I can't handle any of this. I'm gonna if oh, I go man. into her head right now i'm going to come out with all kinds of fucking complexes if that thing had gone through Alyssa ogawa's brain and then like convinced her to stand up to her mean boss <laughs> 10 points that'd have been a cool episode <laughs> because uh, we've only seen Alyssa ogawa three times and we're a hundred percent locked in on it dude it would have been such a cool episode especially if no one ever found out she had an imaginary friend and then from then on she just had an imaginary <laughs> friend who gave her power just like gave her confidence and strength and so in every scene with her you'd 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 have you'd get one part of the scene from her point of view where you'd turn and talk to her totally real imaginary friend so i'd be so good uh, uh papala juice with extra bubbles that was that prepaid drink that you talked about yep tarkasian razor beasts then some notes that are now fucking not necessary anymore <laughs> superfluous notes about what 10 forward is like uh i gave it a one yeah let's see what else have we got uh a new kind of weird energy-based life form that loves to eat the enterprise just like the b-plot of cost of living <laughs> there's a children's center that does ceramics uh kids help keiko out in the arboretum yeah uh people live down on deck 32 maybe that seems odd to me but that's where troy that's what troy says to the turbo left before she gets absolutely owned about where isabella is yeah the lurkers right Isn't that where they keep the lurkers yeah i guess ensign sutter is a lurker <laughs> brown sector isn't that, yeah. isn't that deck 32 yeah uh none of it is important so yeah it's a one okay all right well uh this is a character episode about a character we've never met so yep. what do you think? Yep, yep, yep. Um, well, Jordy is as irritated as Picard by kids and by parents having to take care of kids. Yeah, I would, I would be very stressed right now if Jordy was my boss. I got a lot of kid stuff I got to do. Yeah, 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 yeah. It would be rough because he'd be con He's not. He's knows enough not to say anything. He's not yet as far along as Picard where he knows to say the right things and then just shoot mean looks at Worf constantly <laughs> to let him know he's irritated about this whole thing. Yep. Uh, Worf clearly thinks he has a weight with children. Well, he's he's doing such a good job as a dad, and so it makes sense. Troy has some strategies for dealing with children, but definitely comes off as pretty condescending. Uh, she clearly works with adults. She, this is not her full-time gig. She is not a oh. child psychologist. Uh, weirdly, this week they give Picard, maybe because he spent the time with those three turds in the uh, turbo lift shaft, um, you know, Marissa, Jay Gordon, and... Uh, it, it, it. I almost said Ian Andrew again. Uh, Jay Gordon Patterson. Patterson. <clears throat> the one that Marjan loves. Turd of them all. <laughs> but yes, okay. But when the episode started, Marjan did go, Patterson! Uh, maybe because of that, he knows how to actually mollify a child's wounded ego. <laughs> They're all trying to send her to her quarters, and, and she's clearly upset about it. Picard says to her, I trust we can count on your help again if we need it. Uh, and then, by the way, he does uh, he does make sure to take her with him down to Arbore to the Arboretum before he gives his day-carrying speech to an alien. Oh, no, he does not. 
he does not. I'll I'll tell you all about it right here. <laughs> Nurse Ogawa brings this little girl in a nightgown directly to Captain Picard and says, she insisted on speaking with you. Oh, Bitch, okay. what? <laughs> He's the captain of the ship. <laughs> this is a, just some little girl. She's not your boss. You have such low self-esteem from working with Dr. Crusher that you think the little girl is in charge of you. Take me yeah, to the captain. She doesn't know how it rolls on this ship for sure. <laughs> Um, Wrecker got carried away after being invited to the special smart guys only conference room scene and now he thinks he knows the aliens are feeding off the shields <laughs> he, he would never be able to make a nuanced decision about what was feeding on it versus what was just not affected by it or whatever yes. yeah the shields are draining we know that is yeah. there any evidence that it's it's not like growing this isn't a home soil this isn't that episode of space ghost with the pods yes uh, Guinan had a weird childhood also, she's still very childlike. Oh, and Data's trying out some bits this week, like saying the cloud is uh, clearly a bunny rabbit, and mm. that he prefers NGC four eight four seven or whatever to either Sutter's cloud or the LaForge Nebula. Uh, so everyone is normal, and there's not much character work done here. But wait a minute, is Jordy so bad at getting dates because he too was moved all over the fleet and never learned how to interact with people? I give yeah. you four points. Oh man, we are in lockstep, except for when you gave it a zero on take, and I gave it the very high score of a two. Four on characterization. Troy is very judgy about a kid's imaginary breakfast. Also, purple omelets? Fuck you, kid. This kid's dumb. Hey, your daughter's a dummy. I gotta go. Troy out. Naked last week, but fuck you. Also, I'm pretty sure she told this girl that she's fucked up because her dad keeps moving, and now the girl <laughs> believes it and tells other people that. I think so, too. Uh, notes that I can cross out now because they already came up. Um, I cannot look at Troy in this jumpsuit anymore, ma'am. I don't know what to say. Get her in the uniform. I can't do it. It's actually stressing me out now when I see her in <laughs> Put her in the uniform. It doesn't make sense. It, it never, never looks better. Sense. Yes. Like every week it looks somehow a little bit worse and I don't know why because there's nothing wrong with her body. No, no. It's just absolutely the worst thing you could put on a person. Well, no, it's because they made this jumpsuit in season three and it's fucking stretching out weird and (laughs) washed 400 times, but it costs $300 to make another one and they're not going to do it. What it looks like shit. When they changed uniforms in season three, what what did I say? Was one of those uniforms three grand? Oh, yeah, maybe. That's why uh, the extras are always walking around in the previous ones and shit. Yeah. Or like shitty, why, weird mock-ups. That's why Troy has three jumpsuits and they're all aging badly. That just it, I can't do it anymore. I need it to be season six right now where she no, starts yeah. wearing that blue uni. You're right. It's not about Marina Sirtis's no, appearance. No, there's nothing wrong anything. with the way no. she looks. She was. I think she was working on our fitness and all that stuff. But, but she's like, got to go home and watch it on TV and look at it just like we do. It's, yeah. Oh my God. I, I didn't just like give it. me a uniform. Give me give me a big coat like like Gates gets to wear. What That's are we right. doing? Give me a medical coat. <laughs> I'm kind of a doctor, I think. Uh, Nurse Okawa feels like she has to talk to Beverly about her personal life, or she won't get ahead. Yeah. Also, she, she doesn't. Pre- she doesn't want to, and also it comes out in the giggles. Yep, she does not want to have this conversation even a little bit, but is not going to be curt about it. She's got to like. She's like, she is for sure worried that Dr. Crush is about to ask if uh, she let this guy hit it raw. Yeah, exactly right. Well, that's why she pretends to be a good girl. When oh, we I don't know, know if I can go to Rice a doctor. We know she gets buck wild yeah, out we know there. What, we know what happens when she's at level four. We know what level she's on. Shit. 
She played the horn in this game and she fucking scorched everyone on the ship. Fucking number one score every <laughs> single day. People score. are like, someone is fucking addicted to this thing. Who is yeah. OGA? Who is that? I don't yeah. understand who that to is. To be fair, Rolaren wasn't on the ship when that thing was going around. That's true. She's got some issues. And Yar was already gone. So. And Yar was long gone. So, yeah. Um, All that stuff about how she brought the little girl in the night count to the captain. Um... Guinan's been gone for a long time. It's weird to see her again, actually. I forgot she was on the show. I didn't know when she stopped being on it. I guess we haven't done Time Zero yet, so I know she's still on it, but... Is she in All Good Things? She might be, right? This time travel I don't know. It kind of feels like something the kind of thing she'd ruin with her powers. Oh, yeah. But I don't know. This is Alexander, our resident shit. Uh, he's sitting by himself because he will steal anything that isn't nailed down. Don't touch his ugly goblet. It drives him fucking crazy. He you spent know, maybe, two weeks to make it look that fucking busted. Maybe this kid needs to be stolen from a little just so that <laughs> she has a normal experience on the Enterprise. Everyone else on the Enterprise has been stolen from by Alexander for sure. Everyone's got a fucking missing Yu-Gi-Oh card and they're <laughs> all in Alexander's weird little nook. Um, yeah, just a four. You think Jordy has run across that doing maintenance and he's like, which one of my fucking engineers is playing Yu-Gi-Oh down here? <laughs> he probably got them together and reminded them not he's to leave things in the Jeffrey's tube, but he did, he did not specify. I know. Everybody has fun here, but I think we're doing a little too much goofing off and everyone's looking around like, what the fuck? Who did it? About? Like, everyone's like, who's fucking in trouble right now? I, it's Barclay. not me. It's fucking Barkley again. They all assume it's Barkley for sure. Barkley probably assumes it's Barkley too. Oh, God, he knows about the weird thing I'm doing. He knows about my Yu-Gi-Oh program. <laughs> Quick ones? I can do them. Yeah, um, let's have them. I'm child labor today. Yeah. We don't have an economy, so everybody says it's okay again. <laughs> That's right. No, I'm, I guess I'm being exploited, but no one is specifically profiting, so it's okay. <laughs> the guy playing Clara's dad looks like he should be cast as an angry John. <laughs> Maybe the one who slaps someone around a little bit. Oh yeah. Uh all that stuff about Isabella looking like Macaulay Culkin. These girls are wearing the dress version of the Marissa. Yep. Maybe that's called the Clara from now on. I think it is the Clara. Best actor candidate Whoopi, because she can actually emote and inflect. <laughs> the lines she was reciting were trash, but still. The lady sitting at the con in this episode had the glorious hair of an exotic bird. Oh, yeah. She was a voluminous. Yeah, she got a couple uh, of lines, too, but not, I think, a name. No, no name for her. You can't name a ship after. Well, someone probably gave her a name. Yeah, someone named this lady for sure. But you should cross-reference her last name to see if it is the name of an exotic bird. I mean... I'll, uh, if that's true, I'll know because I know the names of all. I know. Words. Worst it, actor candidate, kid who plays Alexander. Fucking yikes at all those line deliveries. This is Ensign Felton. Ensign told Felton. You. This is her last appearance. All right, I'm going to bing Felton Bird. Her name comes from the scripts and was never mentioned on screen. Um, the actress's name is Sheila, so it'll be Sheila Felton when I name a ship after her in Star Trek Online. Uh, uh, I'm not seeing any birds specifically named Felton. There's not like Felton's Bird of Paradise or whatever. No, that's too bad. Ooh, I can't spell Sheila. That's bad. 
<clears throat> um, let's see. Uh, 11 or 12 years old, uh, blonde hair, laser arm. <laughs> we got any kids on board with laser arms? Red that eyes. might be a good well, place to start. <laughs> laser arm, red eyes. I feel like let's start there. Do we have any kids like that? That will be a good way to find out if we know this kid. Um, and again, laughed out loud at the scene where Isabella ices Troy with the laser arm. The effects, the performances, all top notch. It's exactly the kind of scene that uh, Troy always has to do. Yeah, <laughs> it's weird that they chose her for that to be She's the, the one. Bolana Torres of this series. Yeah, I guess that's kind of true. The girl playing Isabella was kind of bad, but still better than Siddig Alexander. No. I it's do... a low bar. Look, we watched a Deep Space Nine this week that is very... When he talks about his teddy bear. Mm, yeah, <laughs> Kukulaka. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's not... He's really bad, huh? I mean, Wow. Uh, I do think she became Look, he was, British. He was okay in Game of Thrones playing a guy who was pretty out of it, but I mean, that's the thing. He he did not have to do much in that role. Yeah. He basically sat there and like um refused to do anything. They said, and I got a guy who's perfect for that. <laughs> hey, the agent's like, I got this. I got the perfect guy. He said he doesn't do anything, this character. I got it. Uh, he'll be there tomorrow. Don't even ask questions. He'll show up. He'll be oh, there. Ready to one work. Like a real chump at the end. I got a guy. <laughs> I do think Isabella became British in the scene with Picard and the Arboretum, though. Yeah, she was definitely mirroring his accent, huh? Yeah, it got really weird in there. Maybe because the alien was still trying to figure out what being a human was or whatever. Uh, that's it for my quick hitters. How about yourself? Uh, Keiko's helper for the day is code for school's out today and this dude doesn't have child care, right? Uh, hell no, man. He, I mean, he cannot get busted again by Joy <laughs> for this shit either. Uh, also, she's seven, so he's been an ensign for at least five years now. Mm. Uh, it's wild that he somehow ended up on the Enterprise with a career going this badly. Yeah, I wonder what that decision is based on. Oh, by the way, you know, it's the kind of thing he did not ask Keiko. He sent her there and Keiko goes, oh, hey, Clara, oh, what are you doing here? And Clara's like, my dad said I have to help you today. And Keiko just goes. All right. Well, yeah, no. Yeah, absolutely. Can't wait here. Uh, yeah. Poke, here, why don't you take these a and hole in some dirt with your finger? Don't uh, got to put the seed in there. Don't mess anything else up, though. OK, great. Thank you. And then she's just seeding. Hey, a lot the of these time. plants are, are poisonous, huh? So, um. Yeah, let's stick just... in the one dirt patch in the. Um, <laughs> it's this isn't going to mean anything to you, but it's second base when we play baseball in here. <laughs> um, Beverly offers to uh, cover one of Ogawa's shifts with a nurse McCluckage. Don't know why I just thought that name was funny. That's a name that she made up on the spot. Gates yep. McFadden made that one up. Yeah, where's the staff coming from? Where you got these other nurses hiding? You usually have zero, but sometimes you have sometimes Nurse Ogawa. Have that's Ogawa. it. That's the whole staff. What are you talking about? Maybe uh, that's their in-joke for the nurses that don't exist. They call them Nurse McCluckage. Troy should have been worried when Clara described Isabella as She's beautiful and tall with blonde hair and a blue dress with white buttons and dead shark's eyes. And she's never been happy. 
she's my friend because that's what i thought when this girl popped in yeah yep the composer's brief for this uh episode was just the word eerie huh uh yeah but like you said they hit that note for sure he nailed it yeah uh you said that Whoopi goldberg is still the best actor on the show because she can emote which by the way is tough because she doesn't have eyebrows i know it's extra challenge Good luck paying attention to Whoopi Goldberg's acting in this scene. This is her all-time best crazy guy in an outfit. <laughs> it is bright crimson. Head to yeah. Every it was like she was trying to mirror color. the nebula or something. Yes, it is. she put it on her nebula-colored outfit. Her radar dish hat is as big as it's ever been. I think it's bigger. I think that's the biggest of the hats. It's it's as big around as the brim on a comedy sombrero. Yeah. Um, she's got the cable knit quilted shoulder pads mm. uh and then the long judicial robes and then the fucking satin gloves that go up her arms but don't cover her fingers yes well she's uh, those are her driving gloves and uh, uh anyway it's amazing so uh, as soon as that she, she she like you said she'd been gone for a while and she rocked up and they're shooting at kind of a lower angle because i think clara is, has just walked in right mm-hmm. so it's like we're seeing her a little bit more from below and she just fills the fucking frame in bright red. And I was just like, wow. I mean, that is actually kind of an impressive choice if that's what they were doing. Cause like, imagine you're a little kid and you walk in and that is what greets you. Whoopi Goldberg as Guinan in that getup. You probably would be, I mean, like you'd be full of awe for sure. She doesn't have her full EGOT yet, but she's on the way. You can tell. You can sense it. That she's got adjacent. Yeah. Um, who ordered these two Papala juices with extra bubbles and then walked away? I didn't want this. I wanted the other thing. Also, they've been sitting around and they look totally flat. Maybe don't mention, like, clearly Guinan is just repeating the order as it was given to her 15 minutes ago when she made these drinks because there's no bubbles in them now. No. So she should not have mentioned the extra bubbles because whatever she gave that girl didn't have anything in it. They don't last. They're much worse than even like just ginger ale or something at keeping yeah. some bubbles. Anyway, Clara didn't want it either. So who the fuck is Guinan going to give that juice to next? Whoever the fuck walks in. She's just like, hey, Papala juice with extra bubbles. She's got this thing because of her crazy childhood about wasting drinks, even <laughs> though so. you just put them in the repl- replicator. It don't matter. They all just going to disintegrate or whatever. <laughs> People drink shit at Guinan's that she offers them and they have no idea what it is. And then later she can't make it for them again because what they don't know is that every time a half-finished drink comes back, she, she pours, pours it all in. into one shaker. <laughs> They're getting the, sui- like, the 10 forward suicide. Do you have that drink you gave me last week that was like, I think it was mostly synth ale, but, but like with a lot of other stuff going on. The uh, dark uh, in-joke in 10 forward is that drink comes to be known as the Ensign Quan or whatever the guy's name is. <laughs> guy who ices himself yeah that's <laughs> 10 forward suicide <laughs> People go, oh why do you call it that I go, I, he really liked it i don't know uh did picard call Riker and send him down to jordy because he's sick of jordy saying i think you need to see this <laughs> so like now he just preemptively sends someone down there i would say that to picard every time his payback for the time he told me to go have a real look <laughs> go have a real look jordy what Sorry, you want from me to stand on, at a window? From then on, I'd always be like, you better come see this. And then I'd probably just leave. And when he came down there, he'd be like, uh, 
Jordy told me to come down here and, and see something, and everyone's just shrugging their shoulders. Uh, where is Troy taking Clara to on deck 32? Does Ensign Sutter have to live on the bottom of the ship in the power plant? I guess so. I mean, he is the shittiest crewman on board, so. But he's fucking, he's cutting it up with Jordy and Data. Maybe, you know what, that, maybe it's, he's too, he goes too hard. And, like, yeah. he's new, so they're fucking putting up with it now, but sooner or later. Okay, man, you're not part of the, the crew. Hood. You're not part of the crew. And also, we make you live close to engineering so we can have you on call all the time. Enjoy the uh, constant hum. <laughs> the constant 70 decibel hum. Enjoy that. No, Troy was taking Clara to go learn about beauty in the dark. Um, Because that's what Kosh wanted her to do. Right. In in Brown Sector. Uh, I know it sounds like I've been watching Babylon 5, but it has been a while since I watched it. Yeah, but it's sort of always with you. Oh, yes, for sure. It's always right here. Just like uh, Nurse Ogawa's imaginary friend. Guinan said Tarkasian one time and Tarkesian another time. And that mm-hmm. could just be because those words don't mean nothing to Whoopi Goldberg. I mean, that's, that's definitely no, why. No one was paying attention for continuity. But it also could be that she just makes these stories up as she goes along. Yeah. Like someone comes in, oh, you got an imaginary friend? All right, I can roll with this. They sound I, made I, took up. A, I did a Groundlings class, so I'm <laughs> pretty good at improv. Yeah, when I was still on Earth back in the day. <laughs> Dilla bit of Second City. Uh, right. I fucked around with Mark Twain, and it's like, you know, it's not improv training really, but like cutting it up with him is. Yeah, that's that. I'd say that's better than any class you're gonna take. You know, sure. that's where I got my start as a humorist, and then you saw the way he rolled with Worf, right? That's that was just his whole vibe. Um. Uh. Yeah. By the way, uh, Keiko's not in this episode. Yeah, I know they do mention her, but it's the Dr. Salar treatment. <laughs> they, they She's not her. in it. We see three scenes in the Arboretum, but there's no Keiko. She's not supervising this girl closely because, again, she wasn't told. Yeah, she's got real shit to do. Mm-hmm. I gave Best Actor to uh, Worf agreeing to forget he saw those girls by engineering. And uh, Worst Actor, either Alexander saying there's no such thing as invisible mm. people or Clara having to act against nobody. Yeah, it's tough. Tough for she the kids. There's a lot this of week. acting with Isabella not in the room, and it's that's tough. <laughs> the kids had a, a high degree of difficulty. Yeah, yeah, it was a real challenge. <sighs> hey, are we gonna do three hours this week? <laughs> <laughs> three hours seems like a distinct possibility <laughs> because I'm gonna tell you I had thoughts about the other two episodes too. So. <laughs> All right, good. <clears throat> what was next? Well, second place last week was Deep Space Nine. Uh, so this week we watched. In the cards. Everyone's at a big bummer dinner about how bad the Dominion is whipping their ass. And they aren't even at war yet. Yeah. So, depression. Uh, To make matters worse, Kai Wynn is coming to visit tomorrow. Well, now you're in my notes. Jake and Nog can feel the darkness, but they don't know how to help. Just then, Quark says there's going to be a big auction tomorrow. Valuable antiques from some old freighter. One of the items on auction is a Willie Mays rookie card. And Jake channels his inner 13-year-old. He's going to cheer his dad up, 
who won't care about space wars at all once he has this baseball card. Credits. Nog doesn't want to buy the card, and Jake has no money. But uh, he guilt trips Nog into buying the card at auction anyway. But um, whoops, some other guy outbids him. Hold on, I'm going to see the note you sent me. Okay, good. <laughs> good to know. Um, <clears throat> yeah, some other guy outbids him, a shifty guy, a weirdo who has seemingly broken the laws of nature, according to his own mouth. It's probably weird, weird thing to say, but he does say it. Probably banging his dog or something. Anyway. That guy says eventually that he'll meet with Jake and Nog about the card, but they have to come to his fucking creepo quarters. And this nerd will not let them buy the card. They got to go on a scavenger hunt for random shit. This guy doesn't have access to. Uh, Jake is just going to do it. But Nog wants to know, uh, you know, because he's Starfleet now, what, what this shit is all for. This guy says he's working on a chamber. You sit in it and it'll allow you to live. Forever. Yeah. But that's not the crazy part of his theory. No, it's all it's uh, about the cells. Get, um, the monotony getting to the cells and they getting bored and then dying. Uh, anyway, they agree to help because <clears throat> they got to get this baseball card. Nog trades Chief O'Brien some manual labor for a power cell. And, and then they trade. The teddy bear that you talked about earlier for some medical gel or suspended Kukulaka. solution or say his fucking shit. Yeah, Kukulaka, of course. <laughs> <laughs> well, look, do you want to do the notes? Why don't you just do them? <laughs> no, I'm sorry. It's just all of, all of the good jokes that I write down, I don't get to say. And then just say them later. You say them because you're in my notes. And say them later. About it. Just say them, say them later. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah Kukulaka. Um, anyway, eventually Jake carts in a bunch of shit from the list and, uh, the nerd turns on his machine, which hums and pulses and up on the floor above Wayun from the other plot. I haven't talked about that yet. And two Jim Hadar are freaking out, trying to find out what is happening down there. It's much more serious, but it's definitely the B plot. So, so they spend about three and a half minutes on it. So I they they had really no inverted, choice. They really inverted the formula this week. Yeah. Um, uh, uh, Jake and Nog are getting tired of doing errands for people. They were listening to opera for Worf for some reason. I'm sure they said it and punching up a speech for Kira. Um, they're fighting with each other and shit. But again, this fucking baseball card. They bring the rest of the supplies to this guy's quarters, but he is fucking absconded. He is gone. All his shit is cleared out. Odo doesn't believe any of their missing persons report. No. And because he, he has a bad relationship with them that hasn't improved as they've reached adulthood. No, Jake now thinks Kai Wynn had the guy kidnapped because this is a zany episode and uh, he confronts her. And I do like that. We just get the hard cut to Cisco going nuts about it. Yep. Uh, Jake tells his dad they got hammered. Don't, it's good because they could not have put anything in the show that would really show how badly Jake Sisko would get handled by Kai Wynn. <laughs> That's true. Though they the are arch enemies. It's weird. I think with the with the most menace in the first five seasons of Deep Space Nine. But you know, now that I think about it, it makes sense that he thought Kai Wynn did it. They have been arch enemies for reasons no one's been able to figure out. <laughs> and they will continue to be. It's very strange. Um Jake tells his dad that they got hammered and that's why they 
That's why they did that thing with Kai Wen. Nog cannot believe this fucking shit. He cannot believe his big ears that work good. He yeah. definitely heard what Jake said, but he can't believe it. Yep. Uh, then Jake and Nog get beamed aboard Wayun's ship. For real. This is the episode. Yeah, they're literally kidnapped. Wayun thinks they're in league with uh, the guy's the, the creeper's name is Geiger. Yeah. And, Don't worry, uh, they named him that so that they could have them say so they can have Nog say lions and geigers and bears. Yes. Um and the senior staff of DS9 and Kai Win to get him or something. They're gonna get Wayun. I don't know what he thinks is happening. Uh Jake tells him a bullcrap story about Willie Mays being a time traveler who he and Nog are trying to track down. And Wayun don't believe any of that. So he gives him the baseball card and lets him go. Postscript, everyone's happier now that Jake and Nog did a bunch of shit for them and gave Cisco a baseball card. Yep. To the other plot. Kai Wynn is here to tell Cisco that she's meeting a representative of the Dominion. Uh, she doesn't know what to do, but Cisco says, go for it. Just watch out for those sneaks. Uh, Wei Yun is the Dominion rep. Uh, he proposes a non-aggression treaty to Bajor. Kai Wynn points out that Cisco's the one that killed their entrance into the Federation. And she also points out that Cisco can't promise safety from the Dominion. Cisco uh, tells her to stall for time. It isn't Bajor's moment of crisis yet, so why make the decision now? Startling, startlingly good advice from the pens of Star Trek writers. <laughs> for real. Um, honestly, I probably could have just kept those as one plot, but it seemed like there were going to be two of them. So mm. that's the episode. Yep. What was this one about? Yeah, man, I guess the point of this one is even if things are going to hell, you can still do some little thing that makes you happy, like something you have control over. You don't have to just sit and wallow in it. Okay. It's um, it's not a world-changing take, but it's um, it's kind of sweet. It makes sense. It was a dumb, long road to get there, but I wasn't mad at it at the end, so I gave it a six. Okay. I was in the same boat. Sometimes all it takes is sincere effort to bring people out of a funk. Just wholesome fun. Yeah. I mean, that was clearly the point. That's why they make the other part, the three minute B plot. And obviously the space war is, uh, it's coming. Yeah. You know, next week is the season finale. And uh, maybe, you know, if you were a fan of Deep Space Nine, you'd know that it was like next week or the week after. Like, yep. you know, season's almost over. This is about to kick off. Yeah. So they needed a light episode or whatever. I, I only gave it a four. I don't think the take has enough in it, but, um, okay. but you know, the TNG only got a two. So, <clears throat> Uh, execution. This Jake and Nog plot that is almost the whole episode is, I know I said that imaginary friend was the ultimate filler, but this is the ultimate filler. Yeah. And I get that the big space war is going to make things dark for a while, but man, they had a zany adventure, which was mostly a waste of time. That being said, it had some good moments. Uh, also while short, the B plot was handled well. It's kind of weird how much I didn't hate this episode. Mm-hmm. I got it's, the same conclusion. Because if you just described it to me the way I just did, you'd think, well, this was a piece of crap. But it, like, I don't know. It was fine. I gave it a five. Yeah. Uh, yeah. We are not. We're not far apart on this one. Um, this is an episode where there's a big sense that something is coming. Dominion War is going to start. They're already losing ships. Everyone's yeah. depressed probably next week right in the season finale yep 
and it sits in that menace and it's kind of about those feelings like it's not just that's not just the background of the episode that's the motivation in the episode mm -hmm. and it's about how everyone reacts to that feeling so the fact that the a plot is a dumb meaningless quest to improve cisco's mood is kind of appropriate yeah and it's um season one nog jake hijinks right sort of the last possible moment before the war like this is the last time for these two idiots to do this hijink shit i mean i hope so but again i didn't hate it I mean, so maybe not we'll i don't see. know <laughs> It recaps all the Kai Wen emissary stuff, the Bajor Federation stuff. Um, it moves, continues to move her away from being a pure villain, but yeah. it still, you know, it still leaves a real, real big possibility that she's going to take this non-aggression pact and presumably kick everyone off Deep Space Nine. Right. Um, the guy with his immortality machine is a lot. <laughs> Yeah. The rest of the episode wasn't that bad. I gave it another six. Oh, wow. Okay. This is actually, this might score really good. That could score good. Uh, especially compared to recent episodes. Um, all right. World building then. In terms of world building, we see some Dominion machinations to push the Federation off of Deep Space Nine. Uh, we see Kai Wynn's Bajor first politics. We hear about the loss of the Tiananmen and other ships. There's general tension on Deep Space Nine, but that's about it. We don't really fundamentally learn anything new in this in this quadrant. The all of the uh, world <laughs> world building is done in the three minute B plot, like you said, and it's left unresolved. Yeah, but we get to see some attitudes about it. So I only gave it a two for world building. That was not what this episode was doing for me. Okay, I gave it the what we call the standard three. Bajor found some old junk and is paying Quark to sell it. Uh, the Dominion is apparently disappearing Starfleet ships near Cardassian space and Starfleet ain't doing shit about it. Right. Um, the Dominion is in talks with Bajor, probably trying to subvert Starfleet domination of the wormhole. This nerd's ideas about cellular boredom. If the, if they'd flip the plots, I could, I, I probably would have given it like a four or something, but right. uh, lightly covered. So only a three for me. What about characterization? Jake is uh, kind of a nice boy in this one. I mean, he bullies Nog a bunch and gets him into some shit, but sometimes he's just an ass, and in this one, at least he's trying to do a good thing. So that's an improvement for Jake. Nog is pulled along for the ride, but generally, in this episode and every episode, seems much more reasonable and likable than Jake. Why doesn't Wayun want to be Nog's friend, too? I wonder. You think it's racism? I think it's racism. The same racism that everybody has against the Ferengi. He fucking straight up says that he wants to be Jake's friend. Uh, everyone is depressed. Everyone else in the episode's depressed until Cisco's log at the end, except for Dax, who wasn't in it. <laughs> she just wasn't there at all. Just not there. She wasn't at the dinner. She wasn't in the episode. She's just not around. So wonder what that was about. Um, I gave it a four. Uh, yeah. And I liked it even one point more. I'm giving it a five. Okay. Um, some work on Cisco and Wynn's relationship, which of course is also tied up with her position as the head of the church and his position as the emissary, which she seems to clearly believe in. Yeah. 
which complicates things for her, I know. Uh, it's Well, you know, once he went to the wormhole and that guy didn't come back. Yeah. That I was think it. Everyone, everyone believes now. Yeah. Even though he could have just shot him in there. <laughs> he clearly just shoved that guy out of the fucking runabout. Why did you step over onto the transporter pad? Uh, I put. This is how I always communicate with them. Yeah, <laughs> you're gonna want to do this. You're gonna want to do that. Um, it's reminiscent of the work that was done to flesh out Gul Dukat as a character. Um, mm-hmm. Although, I don't think they've continued to do that interesting work. Well, no, I mean this season. He he did a heel turn, so yeah. Jake is uh, Jake is a shitty friend, huh? He's the worst. Nog's got to get better friends. Or just fucking stand up for himself. And I know he's going to get caught up with those red squad idiots. Yeah, but hold on. Like, didn't he just learn he's got to stand up for himself like an episode or two ago with those Klingons? Yeah, but he doesn't do it with Jake for sure. This guy's going to ruin his fucking career because he doesn't want his dad to know he's trying to get him a baseball card. He tells tells his dad we got hammered and accused the Pope of kidnapping our weird friend he didn't need to point out to cisco that nog was in uniform when it happened (laughs) that was a free it was free for him not to say that but he still threw him under the bus like that oh anyway he loves his dad yeah um nog is actually a good friend he's gonna give jake five bars of gold press latinum even though jake clearly has no idea how much money that is yeah doesn't mean anything to him at all. He's just like, well, why don't you just give it to me? He says over and over again, this is life savings, and he does intend to bid all of it if necessary. Yep. It's wild. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and then everything else is little stuff. O'Brien um, doesn't want more time with his family, for sure. He wants to, uh, you know, he doesn't even really care whether his son's walking or not. He kind of ha- has to think about it before he answers that question. Uh, what he wants is to rip it up on some white water in his hollow kayak. Yeah, he's gonna fuck that shoulder up good. Bashir wants his teddy bear back. Uh, God. Worf needs some audiophile level gold monster cables to listen to a pretty rad <laughs> opera. Yep. Kira's apparently worried about her speech writing. <laughs> Why wouldn't she be? Did she go to school? Of course no, she's nervous. 100% she did not. Yeah. No, she doesn't know how to uh, be jocular in a speech. Yeah, like, clearly she's smart, but speech writing? Yeah. yeah. You know, that's a that's a whole form that she doesn't know nothing about. But People yeah. got different skills, and don't worry, Jake's not good at it either. She knows so, so little about it, she asked Jake to help That's her. what I'm saying. She went to Jake. Woof. Is that because she's embarrassed or just, like, he, he asked? And if someone else had asked, she would have said yeah. Uh, you know, it's just like... In the back of her mind, she knows Jake's in love with her. So, oh, that's true. It's, she can get him to do little things. That's right. Uh, presumably, she didn't go to him with it. They showed up in her office just like they showed up everywhere else. And we're like, can we so do what can we do for you? 15 gimme ghoul coins. That's on this list. I don't know why. Then she said, do you know any jokes? And Jake lied and said he did. Yeah. And there you go. So everything here is really a check-in with existing characters rather than character building, but I don't think anyone did any major slip-ups, so I gave it five. I'd actually also like to give it a five because I totally forgot to mention anything with Kai Win, and I thought <laughs> that was useful stuff. So, All right. Yeah, look, I don't want to spoil it, but uh, this episode's coming up in the green. Yeah. Yep. I think they've got a good chance, given that the Voyager is Barge of the Dead. Barge of the Dead. That's correct. <laughs> We don't need to, we'll get to it, but Imaginary Friend, as you heard, did not score a lot of points. No. All right, quick ones. 
I guess Worf was just like, how long can I stare at this monkey sculpture and not have to talk? If I just don't turn around mm-hmm. and face the rest of the party, maybe no one will t- look at me or talk to me. Look, man, I've pulled a lot of schemes to not have to do anything in public with people. So. I get it, but like, he used to know how to say, good tea, nice house. Yeah, that's, that's You true. know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. But now he's like, I gotta live separately on the Defiant. Nobody else lives there. And uh, yeah, I'll come to dinner, but I'm not gonna participate. Yeah, I'm gonna be a fucking weirdo over here. Boy, you're not wrong. He did know how to say that too. Good yeah. tea. Nice, nice house. <laughs> he, we, we probably called him out when he said it. He did such a good job. Yeah. And then I wrote, does Jake have money? Does he remember how money even works? The no. NoJ Consortium disbanded four years ago. But then it turns out he didn't have any money. No, that was probably his only foray into the yeah, yeah, world yeah. of capitalism. Then they started to get into it. And then I wrote, oh, no, we can't get into self-improvement credits for real. This show isn't capable of it. Is it okay that they winked a lot? I mean, they did wink a lot. Yeah, because they weren't trying to act. They, they didn't make it worse by trying to explain it to us. Thank he God. Gave the exa- he said the exact words that Picard says in... First contact? Uh, yeah, it could be. To, to Lily, maybe? Yeah, it's possible. I mean... Well, he said, word for word, he said the exact same thing about we work to better ourselves in humanity or whatever. Mm-hmm. Also, she accuses him of being from the No the no Jake Consortium, whatever it's called, which I thought was weird in that movie. <laughs> yeah, it was weird that she knew about that. I think yeah. they've been fucking around in the past. They probably took uh, Gala's weird shuttle again. Yeah. <laughs> uh, do you think Nog mentioned it at Area 51? I fucking forgot that even happened. Ugh. I thought maybe that was a silver, like a reverse silver blood where they that Rom hadn't happened his, yet. They thought Rom was his mother. Yeah. <laughs> fucking A. This show was much worse a long time ago. Hold on, hold on. What did that score? What was the name of that? Little Green Men. Well, let's see what let's see what that fucker scored. That was what season three or four. Let me see. Yeah, it's oh deeply late for a story. It was a bad. sixteen. It got last place that week. Yeah, nice, perfect. <laughs> you gave it six. <laughs> well, I, I I'm mad thinking about it, so I was probably mad the whole time. Sure. Yep. Uh, if I'm in this story, if I'm Jake and or Nog, as soon as this guy's like, I haven't broken any laws except perhaps the laws of nature. I'm going to give Odo a heads up and then I'm going to go <laughs> clock shopping for the old man. I'm out of the rest of the scheme. Like, you're getting him something else. You're getting him a kit, though, right? He's got to build it himself. Yeah, you know, like what I think would be perfect, combine all of his interests, would be go down to Bejor and buy like an antique clock. Mm, that don't Bajoran work. clock you know? from the olden times when they yeah. were advanced or an whatever. old Bajoran clock that's probably based on weird principles and has 26 hours on it or something, right? Yeah. Oh, that's so good. Uh, he's but got maybe a... it doesn't work. Maybe it's gummed up. It needs fixing, and then yeah. Or maybe project. you just—it's just instructions, and he's got to find the authentic materials. Oh yeah, perfect. To build it. Up. He's got to make it with period-appropriate tools. Like yeah. you can't use a micro lathe. You can't go down and borrow O'Brien's micro lathe. That's this is a good one. Hmm. Well, I know what to get him for his next micro-lade? birthday. I don't remember. I don't know. It was weird how Wayun in the airlock just announced to Cisco that he was going to become a series regular. <laughs> he goes, oh, Wayun, you're back. And he's like, and I will be many more times. You'll see me. It's going to feel like weekly. I'm going to be around. 
Oh, I mean, not kidding. It is weekly. Like eventually, it's just weekly. Um, when they're when they're in the quarters with Doctor Geiger, I wrote a question for you, and that hmm. question is: Was this what it was like working for the guy? Did you have to listen to a lot of this talk? Uh, well, his conspiracy theories were mostly all about how a certain school in Cambridge, Massachusetts, had it out for him. So it was much less no, about crazy tough. scientific theories <laughs> and much more about how everyone was out to get him. So that part about but, but, the... But, when he, but he, he surely at some point said the phrase soulless, soulless minions of orthodoxy, right? 100%. 100%. Yeah. I remember that. He said that for sure. Um, so yeah, in that way, it was a lot like it. But he didn't okay. have this other side thing where he was building something. Okay, he was cool. just trying to ruin school starts with an H. University, yeah. <laughs> um okay so i know the official line is that picard is bald not because you can't cure baldness in the future but because you're not vain about it in the future that's right that's why uh that guy who was real handsy with yar was all uh was all balding too the guy on the st- the guy on the star base what's his name Kinyeros or something what was his name? Oh, yes. That Come guy, the guy who's like wouldn't get his hands off of her. I had forgotten about him because when I think of that episode, I <laughs> think only of Riker on the bridge. You don't. <laughs> Sorry. You don't think of you don't think of the people specifically telling Riker that they have no gender and him calling them gentlemen over and over again after that. Well, <laughs> he had a lot of growing up to do, and it took a couple of years to get there. <laughs> You don't um, think I, of him I, from earlier in the episode saying that the binos seem perfect for this, even though it's the first time we were coming in contact with me. I mean, I do. <laughs> the binos seem perfect for this, even though this is the first time that I've ever come in contact with them. <laughs> he, can't, he can't finish the sentence confidently. He gets quiet at the end because he hopes, hopes that no one is actually listening to what he's saying. Yeah. He does not want to pique anyone's interest. I'm just going to quiet down and maybe no one will say anything. Uh, anyway, my thought is I can't help but wonder if this guy's fascination with aging is hairline related. Uh, yeah, I mean, he did. Ha- he had it going on up there for sure. Um, I don't think Keiko and Dax have ever met. Oh, this is a really good question. I cannot think of interactions between them. Like, there's a thing where... Someone says O'Brien will tell Keiko, and then Keiko will tell Dax, and then it's all over the station. But I don't think they've ever met. Maybe there in the one? episode where Keiko's like, Miles never drinks coffee in the afternoon. That's Could the one be. That took place up by Cisco's office. Yeah, she might have been in one of those. But the one I'm thinking about is the one where she, uh, nope, wrong show. Uh, it's like she's the one where she's talking about how O'Brien won't do anything with the socks, but that's TNG. So. <laughs> no. I don't think she's ever been to Quark's. Sure. And I don't think Keiko got an invitation to play one of Dax's former hosts. So nope, she was not invited. That might have been when she was away for her mom's birthday for ten not, months. I mean, her best friend Lita was there, but I don't think that <laughs> best friend and trill expert, yeah, Lita the underboob or whatever her name. Is. So anyway, I wouldn't worry about it. Like that pathway where Miles tells Keiko and then Keiko tells Dax, don't worry about it. Yeah, that's the not pathway you have go. to be worried about is Miles just talks about it on the bridge of the Defiant. Yep. Or a runabout, or an ops, just anywhere. And Nog just went on a mission with him last week, so he knows all about it. Yep, or on Impocnor sometimes. Impocnor. Yep. He was saying really personal shit he knew about all of the crew on Impocnor. Yeah, I mean, that's a thing now. They just say sometimes O'Brien and Nog at Impocnor, and everyone fucking gets it. Because a lot of people now speak, uh, what are they called? Uh, 
Tamarian. Nah. Yeah, a lot of people speak Tamarian. Uh, I mean, they, sure. they got a whole they got a whole one of those guys in lower decks. I was very glad when he showed up, and I like that every once in a while he speaks that way. Yep, because uh, that's um, the best of the new Star Treks. Yeah. <laughs> hey, I do not like that Nog is comfortable sneaking into Lita's bedroom. That is his future mother-in-law. Yeah, I wonder. Yeah, the, they did talk about mom, getting married already. Stepmom. Sorry. Yeah, what did you say? Mother-in-law. That's uh, not that right. would be. Yeah. Um, they did talk about getting married already. So you're right. He is aware of this. Yeah, 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 yeah. So. Also, it's creepy that he broke into her quarters while she was asleep, no matter what. Like, he could have mm-hmm. stolen the teddy bear while she was at work. Is she still working? Okay, I can't even remember. I mean, she was selling jum sticks or something last week when Quarks <laughs> was closed. But, like, Quarks is open again this week, so I assume she's back in her job. Okay. Um, Why is this Wynn's job? Where's Shakar? Well... This is why everything's so complicated. The answer is out of the series, but like he's the actual ruler of Bajor. This is why it's so complicated. It seems like the Kai just gets into everything. Yeah. It's like the Pope back in the old days. Yeah. The Pope, when the Pope was a shit disturber who would just get into everything. On different continents and everything. Just everything. Just like, I'm the Pope, though. That seems like what the Kai is like. Uh, I know we scored this episode pretty highly. It's gonna, it'll come out that we scored it fairly highly, but um, I do want to register my deep disappointment at the line lions, geigers, and bears. Oh my! It's not good. I'm surprised it's not an automatic deduction, but it's it's definitely bad. Well, this is the problem. Is if I did automatic deductions, what am I gonna do about Voyager? Because <laughs> it's full of bad dialogue. Because half of it is a coma hallucination. Oh, are you not going to enforce? I mean, automatic deductions. I could. It's going to be rough. I mean, I really thought you were going to because there is a lot of stuff that didn't happen. I might that's, have to. I might have. It's a to. fucking hallucination. In fact, I'm not clear. We'll get into it in the Voyager. I'm not clear what stuff actually happened. Oh no, that's one of the main problems is that they don't do much to delineate what's real and what's not. Um, Wayun is sitting in a Herman Miller Aeron chair. Oh. <laughs> So they fucking splashed out when Wayun came came to town. <laughs> this is a twelve hundred dollar chair. Hey, yeah, did someone just did they already have that on set for something else? That's weird. Yeah, and then I thought maybe he's sitting on Odo, but it turned out not to be because they forgot Odo can do shape shifting stuff because it's expensive. Yeah, he hasn't he doesn't use those effects. So he hasn't done a chair or a glass in a long time. Or a they only talk about when he did something off screen these days. Yes, kind of embarrassing actually. Um, first episode directed by Michael Dorn. Well, it wasn't bad. Yep. Good first outing for him. I wonder, so he does more, I assume, when you say first. Yeah, I don't, I think he does three, maybe. We'll see if the other ones are similarly jocular. Maybe that's his deal. I'm not sure I catch every time one of the cast directs one, but I do tend to. Yeah, I never look at the names on the screen. I I don't, because I'm afraid I'm going to see Barkley's name or. Oh, yeah, yeah. And then I'm going to be like preemptively disappointed. Yeah, no, be, you, you've forgotten that he's in this one, but then you see Dwight Schultz and you're like, no, no, I don't want to do this today. I'm not going to do this today. I'm giving best actor to uh, Quark when he's disappointed to learn that Nog actually keeps his Latinum under his bed. That is my the candidate that I gave for best actor. <laughs> and um, for, as for worst actor, somehow 
even though she has no lines, Lita. <laughs> just laying there in the bed with Kukulaka. It's no, they didn't give her any lines. No, it wasn't that. It was at the end when she's the only person who's not happy after all of these hijinks in uh, the wrap-up right. montage where she's like tossing the bed trying to find him and she just does a like a mad pout face and you know like Oh well she's very um what is the word I'm gonna try to use no, I'm not gonna say any I think fifteen words flashed in my head and they were all offensive. <laughs> so I'm not gonna say any of them. Don't you can't get me like that. You tried to doing, incept some stuff into my brain to say out loud. She she does tend to do like 1930s yeah. studio contract girl sex pot acting. There you go. That's not so bad. Yeah, that. <laughs> that's what I meant. You know what I like about you, English? Octopussy. Octopussy. Must have seen oh. that twice. twice. Yes. Oh. Yeah, so that's not so bad. <laughs> Very good. Uh, quick hitters, Matt. Yeah, so uh, some good winking stuff in here already about human philosophy and the space economy. Uh, Quark, best actor candidate. Uh, Marjan says the changelings are better than solids. Full stop. Okay. So we know who she's showing out for, man. What was that and in then, regard to? Then she said, prove me wrong. <laughs> so. Uh, there are no changelings in this episode, and changeling politics nope. don't really come up. So Marjan uh, asks a lot of questions during these, and I often have to pause because I have to go back nine steps to explain things. Oh, yeah. Sometimes you get a tricky one. And like when uh, when we were watching a Voyager, and Katie said, "Wait, are these two married?" About Tom Paris and Blonde Forest, but that was because she remembered when their duplicates got married. And <laughs> the silver Bloods came back. Yeah. So, no, 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 no. Remember, right. those were the silver ones. <laughs> we got to get into this now. <laughs> um, yeah, somehow she asked some questions that then the answers involved the changelings. Just, something about the Vorda she was asking. Sorry. Also, just such a wild, it's just such a wild implication that the silver bloods were doing a much better job and they just, <laughs> they were they just weren't genetically cut out to live yep. in this galaxy they found a faster way home everyone was getting married and shit they <laughs> yes, were just like crushing actually liked each other <laughs> yeah, they were crushing life in general and then they all just started to melt um so yeah her opinion was that change things are better so you know right. something to keep in mind for the future i guess <laughs> if we ever if alien changelings come to earth we know who she's gonna be rooting for Oh, yeah, she for one welcomes our changeling overlords. That's right. Um, I know that's it for me. I never have many when I'm doing the description. All right. Well, we managed to only do about 35 minutes on that one. So good. We're back. We're back on track. We're back on of. it. Um, assuming that we don't have anything to say about Voyager. Voyager won last week, and this week we're watching Barge of the Dead. Voyager was on three wins for so long it was still weird to see it at four. Yeah. Like when I looked, looked at Landry today. Yeah, it just feel like a data entry problem. Yeah. Do it, buddy. Do the thing. Uh, grip it. And also, drip it. Bolana is on a wrecked up shuttle with no helm control, no deflectors, venting plasma, and she crash lands in Voyager's shuttle bay. Uh, TP rushes into the back of the thing. She's okay. She has a mild concussion. She is in trouble, though, 
apparently she chased a probe into an ion storm against orders, and Janeway takes the opportunity to dress her down and float a new nickname, Lana, <clears throat> which coincidentally was a nickname her mother used for her. And also yeah. maybe the first indication that this isn't real. Yeah, yeah. Mm. Chakotay comes to visit her in her quarters, which apparently is a thing he just feels free to do. He does it at the end of the episode, too. Oh, also. Is it real? <laughs> you don't have to say it at the end of every sentence, but I have written after almost every sentence of my notes. Is it real? Uh, well, this one isn't. He's got a piece of debris that was lodged in the nacelle of the shuttle that got got stuck in there after her deflector went down. Uh, it's marked with the Klingon emblem, and it's hundreds of years old, so how did it get here? Anyway, as soon as he leaves, the piece of metal starts bleeding, and she starts hearing Klingon screams. So, you know, Star Trek stuff. Yeah. After the credits, instead of going to a doctor, <laughs> she drags the piece of metal down to engineering and ropes Harry Kim in while all of her actual night shift personnel do their jobs. Yeah. It's 3 a.m. He thinks it's the whole thing's crazy and that she's hallucinating and he wants to go to sleep. But um, also awake at 3 a.m. is Neelix. Yeah. Who shows up and it turns out he's been reading Klingon Wikipedia. Great. And he wants to throw a party about the discovery where, and we'll see this scene, everyone acts real Klingon. But because the phrase cultural appropriation wasn't really in currency at the time, nah. no one describes it as that. But that's what's happening. Uh, Yeah, right in her fucking face. Just so much of it. Yeah. Very insulting. Microaggressions. Also, no one talked about those back then. Next, Bolana goes to Tuvok for, I assume, her court-mandated anger management that she's still probably doing. I, yeah, I think that was a thing that had happened at some point. So, yeah, I guess that's supposed to be continuity there. But instead of doing the normal meditation, he... Uh... <laughs> he does three minutes of cool fucking bat leather moves right first in her he, fucking face. First, he calls her out on her constant self-loathing about being Klingon and how she hates herself and how everyone knows it <laughs> uh and uh says that her mind did a whoopsie because of that and that's why she heard all the noises which she thinks is bullshit but then he pulls a bat left out of his i don't know alcove out of his breakfast nook <laughs> yep. and starts doing what i wrote down as some pretty credible moves with it <laughs> we've seen a lot of people right fuck around. If, he, if, if he was played by Diedrich bader that would be one thing yes. okay <laughs> you'd go all right that's all tracks <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> but anyway, we've seen a lot of people fuck around with Batlets, and they mostly look much worse than what Tuvok's doing here, including every time Bolana swings it. Oh, yeah. I mean, he looks way better than Alexander, for sure. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Um, and he cuts her cheek, and he tells her she's uh, not a true Klingon, and she has no honor. Mm. So it's, and it's now increasingly difficult to believe that this is real, but she goes to the mess hall where... Schmullis convinces Seven to start singing uh, that Klingon drinking song from mm -hmm. Way of the Warrior. Yeah, I remember it. Um, but all Balana can see is the extreme stink eye that Tuvok's giving her. Uh, then she asks TP why everyone is wearing her culture as a costume today, but she's barking up the wrong tree with this guy. Oh, yeah, always. Yeah. He complains to her, and she's not using the pain sticks he got or. <laughs> got them because they'll they'll make you more Klingon and that's what I that's what makes me hard or whatever she's, she's never taken apart several pieces of her clothing to make a weapon erotically that's right 
then that's it by the way uh, a very small ask that's how my customers come here to dance (laughs) it's a a small ask that he's been making and she won't even do that because she doesn't really love him it would cost her nothing to do that for him anyway Mm She starts talking about her mom, who apparently was wharf level obsessed with Klingon religion and put mm. her in a monastery once. Uh, but this this doesn't really get to a point before Janeway starts giving a speech, and now it's full on hallucinations. Time dilation, lighting changes, a Klingon warrior shows up and stabs Janeway, and then there's four or five of them, and they're killing everybody. Yeah. And she takes a batleth uh, to the chest. And then she wakes up on a wooden sailing ship, but she's not playing Sea of Thieves. No. <laughs> There's Klingons there, even though some of the noises are quite similar. Yeah, it's definitely it's an audio. Uh, it's a genre that they are both a part of. There's a bunch of Klingons there, and one of them tells her that the dead ask no questions. And then they try to brand her, but the... Wait a minute, is that because it's not Disney, so we can't say dead men tell no tales? I think that's probably what it is, yeah. Okay. I mean, that's from Treasure Island, so they probably could say it. Isn't that a Disney property? I think it is. They, they own, own it. the movie, but the I'm sure Robert Louis Stevenson lived a long time ago. So. No, they bought him too. All right, all right. Well, that's how it goes. Disney owns everything. Anyway, they can't brand her. It leaves no mark on her. And um, another Klingon tells her that she's on the barge of the dead and that their dishonored souls are being taken to Grethor. Well, we know about that. That's where Feklar lives. Yeah, I kept waiting to see him. I wanted to see him. We don't see him. He's not in this one. No, I was. I kept saying to Marjorie, I bet we're going to get to see Feklar. And she, uh, well, you know, wasn't excited. But uh, I was I was juiced for it. The bummer. This, uh, this dead Klingon tells her that everything she's been experiencing has been the nage, the dream before dying, which is very Dune. So I was pleased. <laughs> uh and she hears Tom Paris and Chakotay and Janeway all calling out <clears> to her, <throat> but that's some kind of siren shit that lures people into the water where they get yeah, yeah, the they creatures. Get, they get CGI'd, probably for eternity. Otherwise, that doesn't seem that bad. Yeah, the guy tells her there's there are worse things here than death, but like I don't know, the creatures ate that guy real quick. Yeah, I mean, if he's not going to be getting eaten forever, then like I don't know, that's that's not a bad option. I mean, maybe he has to. Maybe his punishment is that the creature just takes him to an island where all he can do is stare at the CGI sky and water until he gets a migraine that lasts for eternity. <laughs> Maybe he just shows up at an island nearby and he has all his supplies back. Ah, yeah, 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 yeah. She gets taken to the helm where the ferryman, Kortar, the first Klingon, yeah, yeah, tells her him. it's not her time. She says she doesn't believe in him, and she tries to pull a batleth on him, but he just takes it from her. And he starts singing, they don't believe in me, but that's a reference just for us at home. No, I have a feeling people here remember the great 10th best song on the Love Below. That's <laughs> not an insult, by the way. It's everyone at home should know that that's a great record. It's not as good as Prototype, but it is better than the Where Is My where are my panties interlude? Yeah, I'd say it's it's better than most of the interludes for sure. Suddenly, there's a roaring sound, and Kortar tells her the soul of another dishonored warrior is being delivered. And she, wouldn't you know it? It's Balana's mom, Miral. Dang, she was just thinking about her. Yeah, it's a weird coincidence. <laughs> um, but for the slow thinkers, just as she says, "Mother," she's shocked back into consciousness on Voyager. 
Now, I presume this is real. We'll talk about it. I mean, if you say so, I'm still confused about it, but. Schmollis and Tom Paris tell her they found her shuttle drifting at the edge of an ion storm. She was in a coma. There was no life support. They fix a cut on her hand, and she's like, I got this cut in my dream. And Schmollis is like, you're fucking absolutely covered in cuts and bruises. And then, but she's like, I took uh, pictures of your whole naked body too. So I know <laughs> he did too. Without, he hasn't seen it before. He's always just peeping in on her. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And she looks at her hand. And she says, what is this? Oh uh, no. Uh, yeah. No, he, he says, this, the, the cut you, you gave it to me. We were, we were training and, and then he, he makes my dad's face. She makes my dad's face. <laughs> Yeah, it's it's uh, it's frame of mind. I can't uh-huh. wait till we discuss frame of mind. Well, because we've already oh, seen some other frames oh, of mind. I'm so mad. I'm gonna have to describe it. That's right. That's on you. That's <laughs> Unless me. you want to trade that week and you want to do DS9. I don't know. I might be willing to. Um. Now Chakotay comes to visit her in her quarters again, probably for real, and she starts to tell him about her time on the barge of the dead, and he tells her. Listen, I know I'm the religious character on this show. <laughs> it's all symbols. Yeah. This is your subconscious telling you something. That's why it was all that stuff about your mom. But if you want to try something real, I got this device that'll take you to the spirit realm. That's why on the barge of the dead, there was that guy who asked you out to prom in high school, but you didn't go. He wasn't Klingon Simple. and he shouldn't have been there. Yeah, okay. Right. Um, but she's convinced that it was real and that that means, A, she's been wrong about religion her entire life and that's not great. B, yeah. her mom might be dead. Why was her mom there? Sorry. He starts to tell her about his grandfather who we learned was crazy about 10 weeks ago. Um, <laughs> and how he believed that he could transform himself into a wolf saying, quote, that doesn't mean he grew hair all over his body and walked around on all fours. My grandfather was smooth as marble, Bolana. Mm-hmm. I don't think he shaved even once in his life. Yep. You should have seen him glisten. Yeah, I remember that guy. It was true, too. Yeah, Beautiful hair, though. <laughs> it's true. Bolana does some reading and decides that her mother is going to Grethor because she herself turned her back on her Klingon heritage. Yeah, it definitely and sounds like some Catholic shit or something. Be good same- or your parents will go to hell really does the sins of the daughter being visited upon the mother <laughs> she also thinks the cut on her hand is uh similar to a wound that kalos took in grethor that proved that he was not dreaming right. what she so now she's jesus kalos probably pretended to be asleep woke up and cut his hand secretly with a razor blade <laughs> wwe style <laughs> and then said everyone look i got this wound there so it was so it was real <laughs> that does sound like the chaos we came to know for sure so she wants to go back to atone by accepting her mother's sins as her own at the gates of grethor so that her mom can go to stovokor mm. and she's seen the movie flatliners so she knows how to do it she's seen all the movies man she's with tp that is true man it's always showing probably, her these dumbass movies you probably did make her watch he made her watch the the uh the all the movies where they got like go inside the internet from the 90s oh yeah hackers and uh the mm-hmm. net <laughs> all them all them movies this is a very important movie from earth culture called edward scissorhands 
you wouldn't believe it, but their whole culture changed because of this film. Yeah. Um, she's going to have Shmala simulate the conditions of the Ion Storm. But Janeway, who once told her her Klingon incense was stinking up all of Deck 6, won't sign <laughs> off on it. So she uses a very guilt-trippy analogy that makes Janeway, you know, like, you're like my mom and you've pr- you're proud of me. Well, I just want my real mom to be proud of me. Yeah, works are over good. Yeah, who knows why this very lame technique works, but Janeway says yes. Mm-hmm. She might just be sick of it. Like yeah, it'd be great if she said that. Out. That'd be helpful. Listen, I don't care. I'm going to do this, not because of that stuff you said about your mom, but because I can't stand to see you say any more words. Okay, <laughs> so. Uh, in sick bay, Tom Paris shouts at her that he's willing to convert if that'll make her feel better, but please don't do this. But then he ultimately does step back so the procedure can begin. Yeah. So they put her under, and she wakes up on the barge of the dead again, and she finds her Polish mother in the hold, but don't worry, she loses that accent immediately so they can have an argument about who's to blame for her fucked up childhood. Yeah, and I'll tell you why she's Polish. because they wanted to get Isabella Rossellini, and they just, ah. like, some kind of accent, anything yeah. will do. They just couldn't, because they, no one can ever get her. No, it's real tough. It's hard to get her. Um... Her mom is not impressed with her plan to cheat death. And also, Kortar isn't particularly impressed. Except, I think he thinks she's a little cheeky, trying to work this loophole. So then she has to make the offer in earnest, right? Okay, I'll really take the sins and I'll really die. Even though Kortar says, your friends aren't going to be able to save you, whatever. So she gets the mark from her mother's cheek. And Meral gets beamed out to Stovokor. And then the barge gets to Grethor. And Bolana watches the gate open. And then we cut back to Voyager where Schmaltz is trying to resuscitate her. We don't need this part. Yeah. Agreed. Um, for she stands looking at the gates of Grethor for a long time so we can all see the beautiful CGI and all of the hot coals that some computer drew. <laughs> and and then suddenly Tuvok's behind her on the barge of the dead and he knocks Don't make me ask back. Bing to draw me some hot coals, man. <laughs> Just to see if they to. draw them better. Just watch the last five minutes of this episode. <laughs> I just want to see if they'll draw it better than this episode drew it. Well, after Tuvok knocks her off the barge of the dead, she wakes up in a, like a Klingon incense version of sickbay. Hmm. And Shmolus tells her she's in Grethor. And here's Neelix, and he's the ambassador to the recently deceased. Hmm. And Neelix tells her that Voyager is her hell. Because I guess now even though it's been kind of like a Viking situation so far, it sure. turns out that Klingon hell is ironic. Uh, yeah. Isn't that what it says in all the old sagas? Yeah, I, I guess so. Usually it's just like a crow will eat your liver for a million years or whatever, but is that not yeah. ironic? Maybe no, in certain really. specific circumstances. That's I, ironic. Yeah, I guess maybe they left out the part where it's like, this dude loves to eat crow livers. So. <laughs> that's, how, that's how they get you. Yeah. That part was lost uh, over yeah. time. Um, back on real Voyager, maybe the crew is still fighting for her life. And then it's just a big mess of imagery. Tuvok's coming at her with a bat lath. Her mom's wearing Janeway's uniform. Chakotay's asking her if she's interpreted all the symbols. Sure. Uh, her mom tells her it's not her time and to choose to live. And Balana on the deck of her barge, surrounded by the Voyager crew, 
swings a bat left at people while screaming, tell me what you want me to be. And they say, we don't want you to be anything. We only want you. Want you. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. yeah. This was a great community theater. Production. Except uh, Harry Kim, for some reason, said, who needs happiness? I'd rather have you. Yeah. But I guess he was a Mr. T experience fan. Uh, she throws the Batleth into the CGC, and then her mom says they'll see each other again in Stovacor, or, you know, just at home if Voyager yep. makes it back, because she's probably not really dead, and then Bolana wakes up in sickbay. Yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh. What's this one about? Oh, I, you didn't give me the end part where she then hugs Janeway like her mom. Okay. Says she hugs Janeway like her mom, but the Janeway says out loud, you're my mom. mom. Yeah, okay. <laughs> All right. Um, that guilt is gonna kill you, my boy. <laughs> you gotta let that shit go. I have no take on this take. It's uh, what? Okay. Uh, I give it a two. Um, the guilt I'm talking about specifically is that she's a bad Klingon or whatever. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, here's my read. Maybe the take is, hear me out. Maybe you don't have to defend yourself. Mm. Uh, Klingvok, that's Klingon Tuvok, <laughs> is constantly telling her to defend herself. And he throws her <laughs> Does the like fucking... defend herself. He doesn't tell her she didn't anticipate. Don't worry. Uh, uh, 200 hot seconds straight of just the coolest fucking badlist shit you'll ever see. <laughs> It is. It's an incredibly long amount of really good battle movies. In real life, someone definitely would have told him to fucking stop. But in contrast to Tuvok, all her friends tell her they don't want anything from her. And the climactic moment is when she throws the battle into the sea. So maybe it's supposed to be like, don't try to explain yourself and make excuses and answer to people about what family traditions you want to carry forward, even though everyone thinks it's so neat that you're quote a Japanese. Yep. Yeah, this is okay. I had to pause at one point and explain to Marjan that the, the only way to watch Star Trek is to replace every alien name with a real human ethnic origin. Yeah. It doesn't and have to be way, a particularly close matchup, but this, and that, that way you'll like understand it. how insulting everything is. And she said, no, nah, you can just tell. And I went, okay, all right. I mean, that's true. Yes, of course you can. Well, the just people who made it couldn't, so. But, you know, if you really want to hammer it home, I mean. I'm not dumb. I know you can just tell. But fucking maybe it's that by accident. Yeah, because maybe. all Ron Moore and Brian Fuller wanted to do here was show off the cool Klingon afterlife. So God. they were not trying to accomplish anything. And I think they fucking locked into it. And I gave it a four, but it's a three. Okay. Uh, well, uh, how did it execute? I guess. Yeah, well, this was not my favorite watch. Yeah. Sometimes Voyager is real, and sometimes Voyager isn't real, and sometimes Voyager is hell, but that's not real either. Yeah. So, my interpretation is that the scene where Bellana convinces Janeway to let her play Flatliners is real. Okay. There isn't like a big moon in the window to prove anything. No, that's, um, man. If Chakotay looked over at one point and saw the moon, and then we just didn't see what happened after that from his point of view. <laughs> yeah, it's not about him. Fucking but he knew it wasn't real and he bounced. Fucking 40 points. Um, and that's frustrating. And it's yeah. also just about the 10th time we've examined Bolana's troubled identity. Yep. And none of the previous nine episodes have changed anything about the character. Including the one where she became two people. Yeah. Yes. 
Yeah, you would think that the episode where she gets split into her human half and her Klingon half and one of them kills the other one or whatever the fuck happens, I don't remember. <laughs> you think we could have put that to bed, huh? That's the catharsis, right? Yeah. But no, that was the first one, and there have been many, many since. Yep. So it's pretty hard to get invested in the outcome of this one. Agreed. Like, I was not I invested. Don't, I just think in five weeks we'll do another one about Bolana's anger issues or Klingon issues, or both. Yeah, it's uh, the way Hoshi was constantly getting her groove back. Yeah. Uh, many of the characters never appear in their real forms. Uh-huh. And just like every other officer on the ship, Bolana clearly thinks of Janeway as her mom. Just like Picard is everyone's dad. Yep. But maybe I'm just mad that they almost threatened to explore Bolana's relationship to everyone else's opinions of what it should mean to her to be Klingon, but then they yep. didn't. What else is new? All of the Klingon afterlife stuff is reasonably well done. Like, they didn't actually write a show where Bolana thinks she's tricked Feklar and gotten her mom into Stovacor for real. At the end of the day, she accepts that it was all symbolic, so that means I don't have to be mad about it. Sure. Um, but it's just a three. Yeah, here's what I got. Oh, it's Frame of Mind. Or it's the one with Chakotay's moon. Great. Because I was never convinced that any of it was real. I cannot be sure any of it was real. It's possible that she died in that shuttle. If it should, they, what happens next week. They definitely did not need to do the she cut her hand on that thing. No, that was not helpful in any way. No, all that does is call into question whether the rest of it's real. Yeah, I guess what it was was he was worried about her coma and he didn't fix her hand because it wasn't bleeding very much yep. until it was time to finally fix it. Not needed because it just muddles it. You know, she could have just cut her, cut herself in the dream or not at all. And then we wouldn't have to worry about it. Uh, she bonks her head in one scene and then walks around Voyager, uh, walks around on Voyager for a bit, goes off to the barge of the dead, comes back with a bleeding hand, frame of mind style, goes back to the barge of the dead, goes to hell Voyager. But she definitely has cool dreams. And that is important to me and to most viewers. Oh, uh, yeah, you're right. Sorry, I forgot to deduct those two points. I guess it's a one. <laughs> That's where the deduction would be. Sorry. It's a, they weren't gonna win this week. It's a big nothing burger where Balana learns she doesn't have to atone for not being Klingon enough or Starfleet enough or whatever the hell she's worried about. I gave it a three as well, though I did not have the automatic deductions. <laughs> well, what about world building? These fucking ion storms, man. Oh, I know. Like they're out there. Either they ain't shit. Like Jane was like a class five ion storm. Suck my whole dick. <laughs> but then once she got there and it was a class nine, it was a whole whole deal. Yeah. Yeah. They're out there and they're dangerous. They've been out there in TOS. They've been out there in TNG. If I probably fucking DS9, they're definitely out here in Voyager. And I bet they were out there in Enterprise too. Yeah. They're down to one multispatial probe, whatever that means. Also, that scene didn't really happen. Uh, Klingons whoopsied their way to the Delta Quadrant a while back. Never mind. That didn't happen. Um, does Neelix have any replicator rations or is he free to do what he wants as chef cause five barrels of blood wine sounds like a lot of rations but it didn't happen so again yeah i don't happen. have to worry about this i guess it's like tuvok didn't get really angry at her and start shouting klingon nonsense yep klingon also, mythology unfortunately in real life tuvok can't do those moves it's too bad she can dream up some good moves she just can't do them you know yeah. klingon mythology about death Sometimes your neural activity goes down to like 37%. And that's when a doctor might try a direct neural resequencing. 
Yep, that's always good to know. What but like, standard of care is like in the future. If your neural activity is like above fifty percent, he's probably not going to try that. I don't know, so. man. I can't lose fifty percent. Well, I'm just saying he waits. He waits to try that direct neural resequencing. You got to do it on me when I'm down to like eighty percent, because that's that's already <laughs> grim. Yeah, yeah. Well, if I only eighty percent of my current capacity is not worth living, so please try the try everything you can. You, I need to get you to get me to like a hundred and eighty percent. Yeah, for sure. Shock me until a nurse says, "Doctor, that'll kill him," and then <laughs> then then feel free to shout right back at him. If I don't, he's as good as dead anyway. If that level doesn't get to two hundred and fifty percent neural activity, then I should just be dead. Just let me go. Honestly, just it's not go. worth it. I've been feeling this way for a long time, not because of the coming space war either. Um, just a two for me. And again, I don't understand what happened and what didn't. Uh, yeah, I think all we can really do here is assume that the Klingon belief stuff is real. Yes. The Klingon mythology about death. If Balan had come out of that and she would be like, that was weird. I don't think, first of all, I don't think Kortar is a real name. (laughs) Second of all, I don't think he had five dicks. I have never heard of this barge of the dead stuff, but I did just have to watch some bullshit Vikings movie with Tom. So... (laughs) Um, so yeah, Kortar, the first Klingon who killed the gods who made him and is doomed to ferry the dishonored dead to Grethor, transference of dishonor from mother to daughter and vice versa, the weird sirens, the dream before dying. Sure, nothing about Voyager or the Delta Quadrant, so not big points, but it fleshes out the religious beliefs of the second most important species in Star Trek, so I gave him three. Okay, and I should also say that I, um, I'm not a fan of what they did in the episode because... I know the Klingons are just whichever human culture you want them to be that week. Mm-hmm. Samurais or Vikings or whatever the fuck they're supposed to be. But I'm fucking tired of it. <laughs> like, what if they had like a ferryman uh, who ferries your your dead souls to the afterlife? And, and you're like, can you just stop? Don't do it anymore. Can you either stick to one culture or just can we leave it alone? Or come, no, well, I know they can't do that. So yeah. I'm not going to ask them to do it. Just don't do anything else. Just leave them where they are now. Characterization. I mean, this is the big one this week. Um, Bellana has to confront her bad upbringing and she sort of almost gets around to thinking about whether she's mad at her mother and Klingon stuff because it drove her father away. Hmm. And she was too young to realize that the fault might lay with the person who abandoned them and yeah. not the remaining parent who had like weird beliefs, but who also gave her a curfew and wouldn't let her pierce her nose or whatever she wanted to do when she was 13. Yep. Well, she doesn't get there. Um, Does she learn that she can't do it all alone and she should probably take Tom Paris up on his offer to start going to Klingon church so she can work on her stuff? No, doesn't seem like it. <laughs> Is she remotely close to handling her clear identification of her mother with Janeway? Also, no. No. <laughs> and history has taught us that Bellana never learns these lessons, and she'll be twisted up about her Klingon stuff again when the plot needs her to be. Sure. Chakotay seems to ultimately not be a believer. <laughs> so I don't know what he thinks is happening when he does a vision quest. I, I guess think he he's racist about it. He says to himself, it's all symbolic every time. Maybe it's just everyone else's shit is dumb and fake, but his shit's the real shit. Well, I don't, it doesn't even seem like he thinks so. Anyway, 
Janeway is very susceptible to as simple a manipulation as, I just want my mom to have a chance to be proud of me the way you are. Mm. Uh, and Neelix, Tuvok7, and Harry Kim only appear as hallucinations. So, best I can do is a two. Yeah, I agreed it was a two. But I said, no, did any of this happen? Um, <laughs> That's the big note. <laughs> uh, Balana's mom used to call her Lana, unless it didn't happen. And she did not like it when Janeway did it, which she didn't. Um, which is fucking fair because how gross would it be if she just started calling you a new nickname after years? I know. Like, what? Like, why Don't is this the that. time? And the way she doesn't seem to realize she's done it. I'd be like, why did you just start calling me uh, Maddie? Where'd that come from? Yeah. Don't do that. Um, Balana thought she was going to stab up the first Klingon ever. You know, the one who killed the gods. Yeah. Yeah. Pure fucking hubris right there. Uh, she has guilt about sinning and sending her mom to hell, maybe. Like you said, she doesn't really get anywhere with any of it. She just maybe, like you said, gets that she doesn't have to um, feel bad about not being Klingon enough or whatever. Yeah. Maybe. Time will tell. Again, time will tell. Uh, Harry Kim sticks up for himself with Balana shit. That didn't happen. Um, you know, I'm not going to say any stuff about Neelix either. Uh, or Tuvok. Uh, it's not fucking happened. Chakotay says there are a lot of things you can't scan with a tricorder. Oh, especially <laughs> if you don't let them. Yeah, man. If you were in charge, no one would be allowed to scan anything. <laughs> Literally zero things you would be legally allowed to scan with a tricorder. Do you know what I bet he has done, though? Rigged up a tricorder and a phaser to explode in a booby trap. Oh, for sure. <laughs> 100%. Dude was a terrorist. That's all I'm saying. Also, I remember what he did when he had to nully all those uh, <laughs> nully all those guys on that planet. Turned his trembles into rages for sure. <laughs> uh, I guess Janeway is Bellana's real life space mom now. Yeah, just a two. That's, subtext is now text for sure on that one. Yeah, it reminded me of the way she hugs her in the end and, and Janeway looks all surprised. That it was an exact thing that happened with Kess early on. Kess oh, gives yeah. her a big hug in the episode where she gets back pregnant, and Janeway's looks surprised just like that. <clears throat> well, you have some quick hitters. Uh, just one. This ferryman. Uh, what what do we call him? Cortar. Cortar. He's the captain of the Milinche or whatever that ship is in the episode of DS Nine with the Hollow Viewer. Oh, nice. Yeah, that was it for me. There was just another guy there that I thought looks a little bit like Clag, but wasn't. No, and I know he does play other Klingons because he's like, who else would you fucking get? No, because once you saw Clag, you were like, that guy should have been Worf. What are we that, doing? Yeah, he's really like the most Klingon guy. Did we ever... see him for Worf? <laughs> is no, it too late? Chips? Just him? Is it too late, though? You're saying it is too late because oh, it's okay. season two? All right. We can't go back? Well, record. I'm sure Franks will shave his beard. We can reshoot those. <laughs> oh, what about yeah, you? we would have to get Beverly Crusher back, and for some reason, the lead writer is... He's, he's against it. He yeah. keeps talking about it. No one else is engaging him in these conversations, but he keeps telling us he doesn't want her back. <laughs> Quick ones. Uh, yeah. In the first scene I wrote, I assume everything else that will happen in this episode is some kind of coma hallucination from the crash. Uh-huh. Wasn't from the crash. Turns out the crash itself was part of the coma hallucination. Oh. Yeah, plus it looked really soft. She like, bumped into a bunch of force fields and stuff. It was like... Uh, I don't know, like F-Zero or um, 
I don't know, running into the wall in Mario Kart or something. Yeah. Uh, forget we only have one Bellana Torres. Even the shuttle she was in has to be worth more than that Ion probe, right? Uh, yeah, again, I, they built one shuttle and they went overboard with it, so it probably went way over space budget. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah, they... <laughs> Harry Kim had to cancel all his clarinet lessons to get that one done. He did it for, he did it for Tom. Tom wanted all, all of his self-improvement credits, and he's like, come on, my dad's depressed. They got two forms of currency on that ship, I think you will recall. They also have the Replicator. holiday rations. Uh, yeah, the replicator rations, or slash holiday. I was, you know what? Not the holiday, because it has the infinite power supply. They never seem to be able to plug into the rest of the ship. Yep. Um. Every motherfucker on this ship is so interested in Bellana's relationship to her Klingon ancestry. It must be very difficult for her not to make up like fake holidays when mm. she wants to sleep in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, this is um, this is the day of uh, uh, first harbinging. That's a word. <laughs> and uh, no, it this is Cortar's day. So I gotta, I'm gonna have to burn some incense and think of Cortar. Very also, hard. It, would be, it would be great if you guys could all contribute some replicator rations because I'm <laughs> supposed to eat a big feast alone. It's I'll by myself. Says no boyfriends specifically. That's yeah, weird. I'm just looking at Klingon Wikipedia and telling you what it says, guys. Uh, I really do like this song from Way of the Warrior when they get to that Josh K last mm. part. It works for me. It's good. I like the way it ends too, where they take that beat yes. and then say pooj or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. At uh, some point here, I wrote Ray's Lantern to take a flame, and then in parentheses, from the Well of Souls, so that's a My Sea of Thieves joke there. There you go. Then I said, oh no, is Chakotay going to use his Vision Quest Walkman to send her back to the Barge of the Dead? But no, they didn't. Instead, they did Flatliners. Again, you get 40 points if the music, if the pan flute music starts, and then the scene just cuts away. <laughs> if it just starts up in the back, and he like, he looks really excited, and then it hard cuts to just another scene. <laughs> Um, way back in the Alpha Quadrant, safe and sound, Picard would have let Worf do this uh, Barge of the Dead thing, fake his death to go to the Barge of the Dead. No problem, because he's yeah. just a dumb fucking animal. And That's right. He would have, he would have said him to, to Dr. Crusher or whoever tried to object, he would have been like, not to him. This is, uh, he's can't understand words, basically. Uh, and then I just have one more quick hitter. Are you interpreting all the symbols? Searching your subconscious for their meaning? <laughs> That's this fucking project in a nutshell, man. <laughs> That's me every time I finish watching one and I put the cursor in the premise box on my notes. And, and Chicote pops up over your shoulder asking that question. Are you interpreting all the symbols? <laughs> Searching your subconscious for their meaning? Yes, I'm finding so many things the writers didn't intend, though, Chakotay. What do I do about this? <laughs> Everything I find, I think there's no way they meant this. But Chakotay, it says here on Memory Alpha that Brandon <laughs> Braga said Star Trek was, quote, dumb and gay. So what am I supposed to do with this? Yeah, how do I... Am I doing it right? Chakotay, come to me. Can you say anything else? <laughs> uh, I give Best Actor to Tuvok getting Klingon. That first heel turn in his quarters. Okay. Um... And then, of course, all the rat bat left. I mean, he's had skills for sure. And uh, a lot of gangs have already asked him to join because of his skills. Worst actor, Neelix as Hell's Ambassador. Yeah. I just, I don't think 
Ethan Phillips knew what he was supposed to be doing in that scene. He was like half E-hot or something. <laughs> it wasn't good. Yep. Yeah. Um, well, scores are in. Oh, good. That means we're done, right? This is it? Yeah, we're essentially done, yeah. All right, what do we got? All right, in last place with 16 points, Next Generation Imaginary Friend. Hey, they're not doing so good these days, huh? Well, they lost to a Voyager episode called Barge of the Dead. <laughs> they were in last place last week, too. Have they ever been in last place two weeks in a row? That seems uh, like a, some, a, a thing that TNG question. would never have thought. That might be something that looking at the averages spreadsheet might help you figure out. Oh, maybe. I don't know. Maybe that's it's so rare for them to be in last at all. See if they ever had the lowest three app. I mean, they do this week. They currently have the lowest three app. Average. I believe it. They've been trash. But I don't see anywhere else where they were at the bottom. So it seems unlikely. Yeah. Uh, Voyager scored 18 points for second place. The winner with 36 points, Deep Space Nine, in the cards. And the episode where Jake <laughs> does hijinks to get a Willie Mays baseball card for his dad. It's extremely hard to believe. Not only just based on the premise, but you would have to think there'd be a better episode than that in the competition. But no, it's... But we weren't in any way split on it. I gave it 19. You gave it 17. No, like, it was the best one. Yeah, like it's clearly, clearly the winner of. The we week. can say now it's objectively better than these other two episodes. Yeah. So. Yeah, it just is. It was just. Um, I think it had the benefit that they, the Deep Space Nine, is of these three series the least afraid to do continuity. Yeah. And so, they could do an episode that was thematically appropriate for its place in a story arc, as opposed to Imaginary Friend, which doesn't have anything to do with what's going to happen in the last few episodes of season five. Yep. For sure. So, I mean, I think they have the most because is Time's Arrow the cliffhanger ending to season five? Uh, God, that's a depressing idea. Yeah, it really is. That is the that is the cliffhanger. Ugh. Well, I didn't even think of that. That's Deep Space Nine's forty-first win. They are back to nine behind TNG. Yeah. Um. Let's see. Voyager has 42 episodes left. No, 46 episodes left. So mm. if they won 46, they'd get to 50. They'd, they would be a draw with TNG. Yep. Though I doubt they could ever catch up in points at this point. So next week, I think we should expect them to be mathematically eliminated. They have an episode where the Doctor sings opera. Call to Arms is the season five end for Deep Space Nine. Mm, a real serious presumably one. Presumably stops. And I Borg is an episode about individuality. Ooh. Versus using a weapon of mass destruction. So, like, conceivable that there are points in there somewhere. So He's Jordy. I'm Beverly. And you... <laughs> okay. It's not great. I'm not saying you... it's great writing. What about Hugh? No, that's dumb. Mm. be great if someone maybe, just said no that's dumb. maybe we shouldn't make his name a joke though i was gonna say uh uh steven the borg yeah. i don't know why <laughs> steven the borg <laughs> um but yeah those are the three episodes we're gonna watch next week we're gonna watch i borg call to arms and tinker tenor dr spy which thankfully mm. you get to describe yeah it's just a trade because voyager sucks every week it's a trade-off it's oh uh, yeah look i'm not excited about the next one the one after that being called alice yeah next week for me is the agony of defeat but uh the week after that i'll be right nigh <laughs> for sure <laughs> when you're doing alice 
Uh, all right. Well, we did another one of these. I don't know who we're doing it for, just us. Um, but send us mail. And in two weeks, when we do another one of these, we'll lump Ryan's three mails in. Um, that's at Brother Date on the Twitter machine. I don't know how to toot, but toot at us as well. Yeah, that's at Brother Date at 10forward.social. That's a lot. That's more words. Um, but that's okay because you can do uh, 700 characters on Mastodon on toots that's what make them up i don't know how if there's a character limit i have no idea <laughs> yeah I mean, um it might be ten thousand. i'm seeing the number ten thousand. look it'll just be easier if you send us an email at this point we're going back in time we're going back in time to the era of hackers and the net so send us an email you can put yourself inside it if you want and try to get into our computers that's how yeah. judah keeps getting into my notes you're going to want to use an attachment for that that's right. Attach yourself. Don't forget. A lot of people forget to attach themselves, and then it's just a worthless email. Um, uh, that's brothers of brotherdate.com. Go to brotherdate.com. Check out Landry. Just a beautiful red machine, just full of red everywhere. Everything's terrible. Even though red means below average, somehow all of it is below average. It doesn't even make mathematical sense. Um, podcast i'm not doing the podcatcher stuff anymore i'm not gonna do it you can't trick me uh as you believe so shall you do so shall you do as you believe believe, so shall shall you do. do show yourself isabella I thought I got it right, but I think I messed it up again. And then he's just fucking looking around like, I'm going to steal that. I'm going to steal that. I'm going <laughs> to steal that and lie about it. I'm going to steal that. Oh, no. Please subscribe.